everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today we have episodes 32 and 33 of Digimon Tamers. This, the first one, I think, is something we've been, we've been waiting for for a while now. The good, good lore dump. And the second yeah, one is high. something I've been waiting for for a while now. The, the bad, bad, hello, kid, importance episode. No, it's... <laughs> we'll get there when we get there, but... Wrong. I mean, <laughs> that is what that is. sucker punches right out of the gate. Yeah. This is the, um, yeah, both of these episodes are really weird, if you ask me. But, like, um, we're definitely getting into, like, the throwing shit out the wall part of Tamers. No, actually, that's that's being disingenuous. Like, I th- it's obviously something that is mapped out, but it has a very weird, like, dreamy energy to it, these two episodes, which remind me... It give me like Kingdom Hearts feel feelings. <laughs> like it has that same sort of energy. But like, you know, the characters talk like human beings, so um the the key difference between this and Kingdom Hearts is that they don't have five second pauses between each piece of dialogue. Terriamon doesn't turn around and say say, Hey guys, do you know about the Right, he actually might do. That that hey, would hey, actually probably fit it's in. Uh, they put bugs in it, him. It, what? <laughs> if Gilman starts talking about the door to darkness um, yeah. I, that would actually probably be fine, uh, but not not if he was actually. wearing not if he was wearing hot topic clothes. So you know, um, sorry, we're we're, ju- we're just going to be sour because of Sora getting into Smash and Agumon. We, getting, who's this? We? I mean, I think I Are speak you French all now. Of <laughs> no, he's he's using the royal we. You got a mouse yes. in your pocket, my guy. Like, who's this we business? I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as a representative of. Um, of the the Novacast. I didn't realize you, either of you, like... were big Sora Sora heads. I mean, I, I, Sora, okay. Sora I'm wins. not a big Sora head per se, but I really like Kingdom Hearts. It's been a big part of my life. And as okay, I as I watched okay. the trailer and went through the uh, the the presentation, I was like, you know what? Good for him. That guy deserves. See, it. I, yeah, I, that was my takeaway. I guess. I outright tweeted during the announcement. I was like, "This does nothing for me, but I'm happy if it does something for you." Yeah, I was like, this is impressive that they've made this happen, legally speaking. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, that was about it. And I was yeah, like, that's... oh my god, Doom Guy. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how I feel. The fact the fact that it exists yeah. is impressive, but like, <laughs> before before yeah. I before we watched the direct, I told my girlfriend, um, I will buy this pass if this last character impresses me. And I walked into it going, oh, I guess I'm not buying the pass. You should buy the pass. Steve, Steve's pretty full. Sephiroth I don't, know. I don't play the game enough anymore to, to justify a, a yeah, you know enough. $40 Canadian purchase. Yeah, I gotta get bad it at enough. some point, and I will, because I like, I think Kazuya is cool, and Sora, but... Yeah. Anyway, what, you know what else know. is impressive? They made a good Digimon, Digimon. series again. With Digimon yes. Ghost Game. A good, a good start. Um, I said, I hope my optimism is rewarded, and so far it has been. Uh, Ghost yeah. Game has been pretty fun. Um, yeah, I it, I lo- yeah. I love it. I I'm gonna give a very um hot take right now. I think Gammon does like the new baby in the world better than Gilmon has. Oh, that is a hot take. I th- I just Gammon's Gilmon's a dog. Gammon is like why. a like Gilmon's not a baby. Yeah, Gilmon's a dog. Like Gammon is yeah. like the Gammon's like a very good baby, but like you know, like fish out of water, like new, just newly made creature type of thing. I think Gammon yeah. has been doing that very well. 
Gammon gives me like baby Bart Simpson episode uh, uh, episode um vibes, <laughs> you know. He's it's it's definitely reminiscent of like the flashbacks when Bart's younger. Like <laughs> that reminds me of Gammon. <laughs> banging pots and pans going, I am yes. so great. <laughs> yes. I am so great. <laughs> um, Look, the yes. the moment in episode two where he does the scream when he's denied steak is like the best thing. Yeah. Like, ah! like uh, I'm not even going to pretend that I can get a register that high, but, um, you know, that's, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. Gamaman is very cute. <laughs> the main characters, I think, are pretty cool. Hero is maybe a little generic, but that's fine so far. He's He's got personality. Um, I like how plucky he is. I will take a bit generic over annoying, which some of the future Digimon Pro tags are, so... True, that is true. I like the other characters as well. Uh, The guy who's gonna get Jellymon, but hasn't Oh, I love him. Uh, I love him so much. I I just know I'm gonna love him. I saw a theory that, like, because he's, like, weird, whenever they run into him, he's, like, freaking out a bit for some reason. Um, There's, like, a a theory saying that he's probably already being, like, Haunted poltergeist style by Jellymon <laughs> or something like that, which <laughs> oh, I, I really hope real. is true. Yeah, I really hope that's true. Um, I, if, I love uh, him because, he... like, they yeah. they set him up as the cool guy, like the mat. Like, he's all like cool and composed and all like the, the promo art and stuff, but he's really just a huge coward, and I think that's the best thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna need to learn the names. Um, and uh, it's Hiro, yeah, me... Kiyoshiro, and uh, Ruli. Ruli, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they they seem cool. Uh, the the show's got a cool energy to it. It's very like, it's very. It feels like a Halloween show, if that makes sense. Like it's not like it's going for that spooky aesthetic and whatever, but it's not like it's not outright scary. But there were certainly a few moments where I'm like, oh right, okay. Which I, and if I was like younger, they might be unsettling. <laughs> but there yeah, are some I have stuff a feeling like, like this show is not going to be a commercial success solely because of that. Like in the first two episodes alone, there's some pretty like freaky stuff. Well, that's like I'm even like, oh, I don't like this. I don't think it'll be that much of a commercial success because it's Digimon, <laughs> to be honest. Oh. But uh, if I'm going to be real for a moment, but um, I hope it's I hope it does better than. Well, I assume I assume Adventure 2020 actually did okay. Actually did okay for itself, but. It did, um, like, barely yeah, I, okay, I, just because of COVID and, like, budget yeah, stuff, true, I think. True. I read some stuff it, I don't got... know offhand, but it's, like, it was, like, COVID, yeah. and then something with, like, they got their, like, their, their budget, like, massively, like, cut because of that, so that's why, like, yeah. they, like, had to go away from, like, a lot of ideas and stuff, so. I see. Well, so far, I, I, I hope Ghost Game gets to, like, deliver on whatever story. It's nice that it's, like, setting out a bunch of plot points and, you know, letting them sort of sit, sit there while they get through, like... The beginning of a Digimon series tends to be fair, a bit more formulaic than the rest of it. Um, I think one one cool thing about Tamers is it kind of navigates that space really well while still, you know, setting up the mood and so on to be very different from Venture and still stand apart from what came after it as well. But like, yeah. mainly by focusing on Takato and like the whole drama with having to deal with a small dinosaur Digimon in like a real world scenario. But yeah, I mean, Ghost Games. Ghost Game's kind of touching on some of those bases, but it's got like it's like a more it, it, like Hero's got an easier ride. Like Gammon could go in his backpack, he can just say, "Oh, it's a weird hologram thing," because this show is set in the near future, I guess. Um, this show has seven G, which is my, one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite things about that first episode. <laughs> that I watched it on yeah. Discord with friends twice because we were catching someone up on it the second time, and each yeah. time we were all just like busting out laughing about the seven G. <laughs> 
that's a great way of just like placing like something on a timeline <laughs> just to say oh how when when she shows that well it's set in a bit in the future okay how far in the future well they have 7g and we only have 5g <laughs> and it's like that's, oh, that's okay, the best so way like, of in the future like, we will t- only keep track of the year based on how many g's we have it's like eight ten years something like that well yeah why not i don't know well, I guess I guess six G got implemented without any riots, so you know, I guess I suppose seven G would go down well too. Um, yeah, the one thing I'll say is that the show has like a different style, I think, like visually to most other Digimon shows. Like the main, the character design of like the humans specifically is very different to what's come before, uh, which is which is nice. But it does make me like watch this and think I'm not. It doesn't. There is parts where it doesn't feel like a Digimon show yet, uh, but but it's still getting to that point. And then by the end of episode two, where they like do they do they do a just wait, just crafty. You know what happens in episode two. It's not like huge spoiler or anything. It's very obvious if you know like how Digimon shows progress. I've seen screen caps. Yeah, I still haven't had time to watch the second episode yeah. because um, as of recording, the last weekend was Canadian Thanksgiving, and I was very very busy oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, during yeah. that time. But well, I won't spoil the plot or anything, but like, yeah, they they have like the first evolution like scene, and I think it's notable because it's like the first evolution, like in the traditional Digimon sense, from like rookie to champion, in mm-hmm. probably fifteen or so years, like because they've done like stuff in fusion and so on, and obviously adventure 2020 has stuff like that but that's not that doesn't really count um <laughs> so but like fusion and appmon and stuff like they were different and they were, right. they were non-traditional yeah that's kind of why i wasn't as keen on watching those at the time this feels traditional which is great because like it does a lot of stuff elsewhere where it's obviously setting itself apart so i'm really i'm really liking it so far um the fact yeah. that they made mummy mon like terrifying is very impressive <laughs> considering Zero Two. Yeah, Zero Two took that character and then just did weird stuff with it. <laughs> like, you know, but I also really hope this means that we're going to see Arukenimon at some point, like just because, like, she make would, them she, both fearsome. Yeah, she would fit in really well at some and and somewhere down the line. Yeah, um, I mean, she's a, she's a spider lady. That's yeah. that's that's rife for like terrifying hijinks. Yeah, yeah exactly. even yeah. yeah, even though I haven't seen the second episode yet. The first episode gave me good vibes, and vibes are very important for this series because I like yeah. the first three episodes of Adventure Twenty Twenty have atrocious vibes. <laughs> you watch those <laughs> as a as a as a fan yeah. of 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 this the franchise, and you see them reusing a popular villain from the Savers OVA, reusing a popular hero from you know the Adventure OVA, um, and just following yeah. the same plot beats as our war game, and it just like it feels very cynical. Whereas this feels like the opposite. It feels like they're trying to go out of their way to do cool new stuff already. And I think that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, that's that's right, yeah. It's nothing like groundbreaking per se, but like it, it does feel like it's it's um charting its own course and whatever. It's it's not it's not just retreading old ground, like Scrafty said. So it's that's really yeah, really positive so far. Yeah, it's it's heartening. And I mean like they you know, they could turn around and, and poop the bed, um, you know, three weeks from oh, now yeah. and we'll all look like idiots, but like as of right now, as a time of recording, um, it has been a cool and refreshing show so far. So props yeah, to them I think, for, I think the wor- for managing to clear that bar. Based on what we've done so far, I think the worst thing that the show could possibly 
do is get boring, like or formulaic or what have you. But I'm sure there'll be a term at some point where they go more into the plot and so on. I'm, I am expecting it to be more Monster of the Week venture than you know than something like Tamers, perhaps. But um, even so, like I think there'll be a point where that changes a bit. If, if that's more, and I feel like there's a lot of people in this who worked on, who worked on um, uh, previous like the old the, the quote unquote classic Digimon shows like Adventure and Tamers and Frontier and Savers. <laughs> so, you know, it's good pedigree. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, like I, I feel like, yeah, like like you said, the worst thing it can do is get boring or dull, and as long as they, you know. I don't mind it being formulaic. I don't mind Monster of the Week stuff. I watched X Files for like eight seasons. <laughs> I don't. As long as yeah. your Monster of the Week is interesting, I don't. I don't care about you know the repetitive formula. Yeah. And True. given True. Digimon's like huge like rolodex of like various monsters, like I think I think it'd be pretty easy to be able to get a lot of interesting monsters of the week out of this like i mean first episode you had clockmon like yeah. who would have expected that then you have mummymon i can't even tell like they didn't even like really show who's going to be in the third episode so it's like i am very interested to see yeah. like how they go about like we've seen like plenty and like the uh the op of it which i gotta say the op like slaps like that's a good that's a very catchy opening song yeah i'm, I'm yeah. happy they picked that band for it because the, apparently the band's very popular i have a friend who was watching the show solely because they love the the band that does <laughs> the op yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a cool song i do i do think it's again it, it, that's another thing where i i see that and i hear that and i'm like this is cool it's not really digimon but it's cool um, and yeah. then I just look. Koji Wada's passed away. Like, there's not much you can do about that, unfortunately. Um, so I guess, in some sense, that's always going to be lost. Um, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, he he was Digimon. Yeah. Like, he was the OPs for the series. It's, it's never going to be the same without him. Yeah. Yeah. He was the music of those original shows. But if if, if the show is good, then you know it's going to mean there's other ways something can feel Digimon, which is what the, I think what the franchise needs. Yeah, while still getting the things right that I think it should get right, like namely, it's cool when the rookie becomes a champion, and you know, yeah. and so on and so forth. Like I don't like it so much when they start bolting them together or whatever. So, um, yeah, except for DNA, Digi- DNA, Digivolution, so fine. This show is giving me has given me an uh, adorable baby in Gammon. It's giving me a neurotic boy in Kyoshiro. And it's given me an uh, like adorable, like energetic girl in Ruli, even though I haven't seen much of her. So you know what? I'm already happy. I've already got my checklist all ticked off. I'm all set. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chart course from that good news, positive news, to something a little, a little depressing. <laughs> We're recording on the fifteenth, and it is the. It's is the year anniversary since they posted that one tweet about Digimon Survive getting delayed. Um, I'm in pain. What the We're fuck? never seeing Namco. that video game. Namco, it's been it's please. been rated. It's coming. I promise. They would the the way the ESRB yeah, true, and yeah. other associated rating boards uh, works uh, is uh, they they cannot hand out ratings without the game being in their hands. I don't, you, I'm sorry. I it, just can't believe it. I. I want to believe yes. you, and, I, and I fundamentally I understand what you're saying. I just do not believe that this video game exists. This is again, this is like watching the 
like Sora in Smash reveal, it's like, I know what I'm watching, but it doesn't feel right. <laughs> so <laughs> likewise, I can't believe that says, I, I know that date on that tweet says the 15th of October 2020, but I don't know. I, I, that doesn't feel right. I, I feel like it should not have been a year already. And the fact that it has, I can't help but think things about that game. <laughs> But no, your and also is, the fact that like time is fake. Yeah, true. Time, time is fake, as we all know. Um, um, you know, um, if if this thing is being saved for like a re-reveal for like the pre-show of the Keeleys or whatever, uh, sorry, the Game Awards. If people aren't familiar with what I mean by that, um, I'm gonna be pissed because I'm gonna know, actually that. love that. I I <laughs> I would love to see a Digimon like no. strategy RPG show up. It's first like new look at at the Keelys of all places. That would be hilarious to me. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a first person battle royale now. <laughs> it turns out. It now features NFTs. They kept yeah, the name yeah, exactly, for branding, yeah. and everything else is different. <laughs> we'll write Digimon Spy. <laughs> so, so Konami actually purchased ah. it, and now it's just a skin for Metal Gear Survive. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say it's like now just like a pachinko game. That joke's old hat now. We can't we can't keep making pachinko jokes. Now we gotta make a like, you know they don't just they just don't make video games anymore. They don't make pachinko, they don't make console games. <laughs> they just don't make games. Did you not? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um Digimon's five, please come out. Uh or Digimon Story next or whatever they want to do. Okay, so now as we think about the sadness that is Digimon Survive still doesn't exist. Um, do we want to Does talk about Digimon Tamers? Yeah, let's let's instead let's of focusing it. on the future, focus on the past instead. The past is concrete; it can't change. And also, the past in the show, as well as the the show being a thing of the past, it really is just one big needle in a in a time stack. Really, <laughs> you, you were waiting all episode to say that, weren't you? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, Performance yeah. review. Yeah, sorry. All right, Digimon Tamers. I can feel, I can feel the, the the eager energy <laughs> wafting off of that one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Don't go, go look at if you don't know what that is. <laughs> I probably just ruined it for you, but there we go. Um, yes, episode 32 of Digimon Tamers. Who wants to take it away? I'll get that one. Sure. So episode 32 in English is called Shibumi Speaks, and in Japanese is called The Secret of Gilmon's Birth, The Mysterious Water Space. It was written in the dub by Seth Walter, and in Japanese was written by Hiro Masaki and directed by Takanari Kawada. So this episode is like half action and half like lore dump, but like I mean that in a very flattering way, because I think the lore presented here is very interesting. So... As we, you know, left off with, with Henry and Takato and Terry on last time we saw them, they're all swimming underwater. They a- end up kind of going out through, like, a little cave opening. And after they manage to stop the water from rushing in, thanks to our, our old pal and mascot of the show, Frigimon, <laughs> giving his powers to Terriermon, they come to a realization, which is that the, the PDA, which Yamaki gave Takato, is still fully functional, despite the fact that they were underwater. Which they found weird because, you know, generally if electronics are submerged for that long, you know, they're going to break down. So they message Yumaki just as he happens to be hanging out with Yu and the rest of the parents. 
and they kind of freak out because the message contains an SOS, which makes them think that, you know, the, the kids are in danger. So they realize that because of where they are right now, they're able to message back and forth really easily. So Yamaki, you know, messages them back, and Takato quickly has to course correct and say that, oh, they're, we're just lost, we're not, you know, actually in danger, and has to fake responses from all of, all of the kids so that no one worries. But Henry has a, a bit of a eureka moment. He realizes that because the digital world is, is based on belief so strongly, and specifically like children's belief, the reason why the, the you know the device, the communication device, still works is because they didn't think about it breaking. Because the only reason that the water makes them wet, or you know, the, it'll fill their lungs if they breathe it in, is because they think that's what will happen. So he does a little experiment where he goes underwater for like a minute and a half or something without even taking a breath, and comes back out and he's bone dry. So they, yeah, they come to this realization that their their own belief is, is just as powerful as before, which is something that was alluded to way earlier with the blue cards, you know, being able to turn a doodle into a an actual functional blue card just by believing in it hard enough. And now that extends to the whole world. So Yamaki agrees that he will he will help like, find the way to get, to get the kids home. But then he has kind of a private conversation with the monster makers about how his men have been pursuing Shibumi, who's the last member of their team, who they haven't been able to to recruit yet. And every time his men manage to corner him somewhere, he just seems to disappear into into thin air. So they're they're all wondering what's up with that. He was always a little bit eccentric, but like this seems like next level weird. So Takato and Henry and Terriermon swim around for a while, and they eventually find a door carved into this underwater cavern. And they go inside and are attacked by a Dairumon, who Henry extremely badassly <laughs> defeats with his Tai Chi in a in a great precursor to Marcus Damon. And is able to get him to calm down. Devermon tells him that there's this pipe above, which no Digimon has ever been able to enter before. Which Terriermon immediately tests out by trying to enter and gets shocked super hard. So they, they come up with the idea to use a bunch of bubbles from the local Otamamon to shield themselves on the way through. And that does work. They, they manage to make it all the way there. And on the other side is a strange mansion floating kind of in the middle of a void. And a bunch of creatures, which we will soon get official confirmation, are called Digi-Gnomes, are hovering around. And they leave them inside. Inside, there is this big lecture hall-looking room with a huge, like, you know, Digivice-shaped machine hanging from the ceiling. And it turns out there is a weird ghost man sitting at the professor's lectern. And that person turns out to be Shibumi himself, who has, you know, been missing from the real world for a while. And he is curiously wearing a trench coat and a hospital gown. So they ask him a bunch of questions about, you know, where they are, why why they're here, and whatever. The the main gist of it is that he, you know, Shibumi was part of the Monster Makers. The big device above him is called an Arc, which is kind of like a the, the machine that Digivices are prototyped out of. It's like a method for kind of performing a linkage between the real world and the digital world. He introduces them to the Diginomes, which are little, like the, the kind of like the building blocks of the digital world. Like they are in a bunch of creatures that can't directly interface with people, so they do so by kind of molding data and warping it to their whims. And as an example of this, he talks about how the Diginomes communicated with Takato by taking his picture of Gilmon and making it real, and by using data packets to, to sculpt Gilmon out of raw data. So this kind of shakes Takato because he, you know, comes to the realization that, well, if, you know, Gilmon, you know, wasn't born. He was just made in an attempt to please me. Like, does that mean he can be replaced? Like, is he unique? If Gilmon died, you know, would they just be able to make a new one? 
good as new. So before we can ponder these these questions for too long, Shibumi tells him that they are on the second highest layer of the digital world right now. The only one higher is the layer of the four sovereigns, which is, you know, a pretty big reveal because up to this point we were led to believe that there's only one sovereign that all of the, the deva were were serving. So they're they're kind of freaked out by that, but you know, it's the only way they're gonna be able to get home is if they manage to to make it up there. So the Ark kind of beams them aboard Star Trek style and takes off in a, you know, flash of light, just as Shibumi lays his head down and starts to fade away, and that's kind of where the episode ends. You know, I gotta say, first of all, I just, I think it's in really poor taste of Digimon Tamers to copy Persona 5 by making a world that's, you know, like, based out of belief that you can do what you want and it'll happen. I just think, I just can't believe that they copied Persona 5 like that. I mean, first Jazz copies Persona 5 and now Digimon, like, what's next? Yeah, I mean, Neo the World is with you copied Persona 5, Jazz, Digimon Tamers, like, where's it gonna end? Like, I just don't understand... I- I'm almost the disrespect for the seminal I'm, work of art. I'm, le- I'm leaving this fucking podcast. <laughs> you. I've been waiting. To do ever. I've been waiting to do this all, literally for two weeks now. I hope you both know. <laughs> literally I'm, waiting I'm, I'm for all, this. I'm more upset that they. If you're going to talk about them stealing stuff from JRPGs, can we talk about the fact that they just set off in the epoch from Chrono Trigger? <laughs> like the ship. Yeah, the ship from the Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Like that's, that's just what it looks like. You're right. Um. Anyway, yeah. I know it's supposed to be like a giant Digivice or something, but it just looks... It, it doesn't really look that much like a Digivice, I feel like. Even though they say so in the show, I'm, I'm kind of like, is that what that is? I don't know. Yeah, I think you're kind of making that up. Okay, uh, Scrafty, in all seriousness, I do have questions about like if things were like translated weird between the sub and the dub. Go for it. Because early on in the episode, like when they're talking with Divermaw and stuff, uh, Takato and Henry bring up like, oh, like, is there different... like do you know of any other worlds? And he's like, oh, this is the only world I know of. And I'm like, did they mean to say, like, parts of the digital world? Like, they use a lot of terminology of worlds to imply, like, different universes within, like, the digital world, I guess. And it's all, it, it all fell out of nowhere and, like, some, like, sort of, like, weird, like, dumb misunderstanding. I don't have any notes about that, so it must have been either similar or the same in, in the Japanese okay. version. Because, yeah, I think they just kind of ask him, like, you know, are you aware of any other, you know, world is hacked from the real world and the digital world. And he goes, I don't know. Yeah, that just felt so <laughs> weird to me. It's like, all of a sudden, Henry's like, there could be different universes. I'm like, where are you getting this from, my guy? He just watched Spider-Verse, and, and suddenly he's like, his brain's going crazy. Um, I don't know, it's like, I, I, I... There's a lot in this episode which feels like, I really hope they just ignore some of this shit later. Specifically, the thing where, like... If you believe in something, you can make it happen. Like it, even even if it breaks the laws of physics or whatever, because that feels like they could abuse that to like you know get away with some really wild shit. And See, I actually like that. Yeah. If I believe I can't die, then I just can't die. Yeah, I think. Or like I, if I believe that um, Biosimon. Biosimon's legs just stop working or something like that. Like they, there's. <laughs> He runs out of bullets or something like that. Maybe that's a better example. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, he like there's there's stuff you could do and like not bringing it up later would be problematic. But if it's just contained in this one single episode, it's kind of a bit easier to deal with, perhaps, because <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. Um, that episode was off its rocker, but the rest of the show 
kind of has like yes, the digital world has rules and physics to obey and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. In my opinion, the reason why it, it works here is because they make, they make it pretty clear that it's not an easy thing to do. Like you can't just be like, oh yeah, the, you know, the water I can't drown and then go in the water because even after being told that you know if you believe it you can't drown, Takato still like instinctively holds his breath because that's you know that's what he's been trained to do his entire life. Like, Takato's yeah. a coward. It's not just like a toggle that you can switch on and off. Like there there are you know mental barriers you have to overcome in order to do it. Hmm. So, like, you can't just say, you know, Beal someone's out of bullets while he's shooting you in the face because, you know, you're, you're just... You're not just automatically domino. Yeah, like, you, you, you yeah, like, you, you have to put conscious effort and thought into it, and doing it under duress would be a very difficult thing to do, I think. But you could be like, I believe that, that I could face tank these bullets, and you could probably face tank those bullets. But if your brain even thinks for a second, well, what if I die, then you're gonna die. <laughs> I well, I just wouldn't think that I'm died ripped to Takata, but I'm built different. Like it's it's the same as the electric fence from um the first season in Adventure. How that's right. Yeah. It wouldn't hurt you if you believed in it, but you instinctively think it's going to hurt you. So like turning your brain off and thinking it's not going to hurt me is like an entire episode's plot because that is not an easy thing to do. Good news for me, my brain's always turned off. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the electric fence from Jurassic Park. <laughs> I was like, no. Wait, what? <laughs> Uh, so that, oh yeah, the, bar- if, the barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if the um, dumbass Timmy had just believed hard enough, he wouldn't have got fried. <laughs> uh, um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, the, it. I think it also maybe impl- implicates implicates is the wrong word. It it feels like it implies, if not makes it explicitly clear that like Henry's force of will is amazing. <laughs> like, because he has this theory and then is immediately able to basically test it out. <laughs> like, you know. Um, without him, you know, without him drowning or whatever. So, see, Henry has like high strength, like high wisdom, high intelligence, yeah, high constitution. Like he's pretty OP if you think about it. Could they? Okay, so here's here's a theory because obviously, like you know, this this makes it clear if it wasn't already that like they are in the digital world. Ergo, they are data. Ergo, they are, you know, can be modified in certain senses, like like what we're seeing here. Do you think? This is a bit silly, but do you think they could use the modify cards on themselves? Oh, like, they're so you... rad. They That'd should have cool. done that. Yeah, I feel that was a I missed wanna, opportunity. I want to see Takano <laughs> get the Digmon drills on his hands. Oh, maybe, no, okay, maybe maybe not. Maybe not, actually. <laughs> like, I don't want to go down body horror routes, but... Uh, I don't want to go down a road of like body horror, but... Save having him, him like, have Wargrim on shield or something <laughs> would be pretty funny. That'd be really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was just. That I was have just to run thought. the but mile yeah, for yeah. class, so I just digi modify the speed card, and I get a two minute mile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think one it's, one it's thing funny. that is interesting that's changed across versions, or not not necessarily changed, just like not mentioned in the dub, is um. So it was established earlier in the season that uh, Henry and John Yu uh, and the rest of their family talk Cantonese when they're at home. Like that's their that's their first language. Um, so when Henry sends his personal message to his dad, it's in Cantonese. And when the other parents say, well, what does it say? John Yu just looks at it and kind of evasively says, oh, it's nothing important. When it's Henry talking about, you know, his theory about how, you know, because they're made of data, you know, they can, their force of will can affect 
how the world affects them. And Johnny doesn't want to tell the parents because he doesn't want to make them freak out at the, you know, the implications of that. Yeah. It's a, it's Which a is, lot. you know, it's kind of it's glossed <laughs> over in the in the dub. I just have him saying like, oh, Henry's writing a novel or something instead of actually reading what he was writing. I kind of, yeah, that seems like a tricky thing to deal with. I mean, ideally they should have like made it clear at some point. Or hell, even just have them speak Cantonese to one another. But, um, you know, it's it's... There were certain things which I appreciate were just probably unthinkable at the time, but just due to like the way and the pressure and so on of the way that these dubs were made, and obviously you know making a bunch of changes to make them more yeah, well, uh, appealing in some fashion to to the American audience, which just straight up would not happen now. You would not be having um, Henry being called Henry; he would just be called his name, the sub, which I forget. <laughs> I should know that. Yeah. So I um. So yeah, that stuff wouldn't happen anymore. And yeah, maybe you could have a thing where that they literally do speak Cantonese, and therefore you can call come back to that later. But yeah, I can see why they can't they can't really decide decide to introduce that facet of their relationship now, which is a shame. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, a shame it yeah, because like they don't thick. they don't translate the Cantonese on the screen, whereas most of the other Japanese, like most of the other foreign languages in, yeah. in the dub, are translated. The Cantonese is is maintained as Cantonese. Um, but yeah, they never really draw attention to it, nor the, you know, nor do they draw attention to the fact that John Yu is intentionally misleading the parents so as not to worry them. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's a that's <laughs> a that's a nice it's a nice detail. And like, yeah, I, I mean, John Yu is definitely a he's definitely in a different place from from the rest of the uh, the parents in terms of like both his awareness of what's actually going on and like his own sort of. Self-interest is perhaps a bit strong, but you know he's he is one of the monster makers. He is a scientist. He does want to see how this stuff unravels. I'm sure, if uh, if if not exactly necessarily willing to, you know, place Henry's life over it or anything like that. So uh, yeah, he's a he's an interesting character. Um and uh, yeah, I think he'll continue to be as well. But um, I did find it funny that like. That scene, that scene's really interesting where Yamaki like like hires out a conference room or something to have all the parents over. Like he's, he's just got like, like a he, uh, he he gets like the like the like the, the top floor uh, like a hotel restaurant type of deal. Yeah, he's not like as far as I can tell, he was fired by the government. Maybe he was like reinstated after he came back and like turned off Juggernaut. Yeah, he he. he that, I think that was part of the his employees or his underlings. Um blackmail attempt slash ultimatum by, by intentionally messing up Juggernaut. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. That that would be how that how that plays out. But yeah, he's very much like back in control a bit, I feel like, but it is kind of funny how like he's kind of just still being himself. And you think that would yeah. you you think that would be really off putting to a bunch of parents scared about their kids' safety and so on. I do love the part where, where Johnny says, look me in the eyes and promise me that my, my, my son's going to be okay. And he has to take off his sunglasses so that he can look him in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, exactly. See, yeah. when Yamaki <laughs> takes off the glasses now, like, you know it's because he's about to do, like, yeah. a face turn type deal. Like, he's already face turned, but, like, he's going to, like, double face turn when he takes off the but glasses. He just looks like he just looks like darkest timeline version of TK. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's the kind of he kind of just looks like that without the sunglasses. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's he's a weird dude. He's like if TK um, went the way of Dale Gribble. 
Oh god! It's, it's like what if TK had to live with his dad rather than Matt? <laughs> like, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's like you grew you grew up around that guy, and and this is what you become. I gotta tell um, you all something about chemtrails. Yep. <laughs> oh god! Can tell you about no no. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Um, we already you know did a whole OVA on. episode on that. We can't <laughs> do that again. Yeah, let's not. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I like I, I do like that they are continuing to like make the parents matter and their reactions to it because I think it does play up it does up the stakes of things and keep things fa- feeling threatening in the digital world. And I think I think the digital world sequences do a good job of that by themselves anyway. By the way that they're so they can be frequently like. You know, there, there's a lot of hostility there, and and not so much in like an outright "I'm going to beat you up" sort of, you know, like Digimon Monster of the Week, ready to rear its head and fight the good guys sort of way, but like in more like a you know, this Digimon's out here doing its thing, and it may not want you around, <laughs> or you know, the, the, there's a variety of different reactions that they've had, both like the gang and like I think Calamon as well is a good example of of that, like running into Digimon and not quite being knowing how it's going to turn out, so. I think it the 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 digital digital world sequences do a good job of like making that area feel threatening, but having it keep coming back to the parents or keeping them in part as part of the story, I think it does uh, does a lot of work as well in terms of keeping things feeling like this is a place they definitely shouldn't be. Um, exactly. Yeah. Adventure Adventure did a lot of stuff in that regard too, but I feel like it was often. It could often just be annoying because it often came down to like Mimi being like, I want to go home or whatever, um, before she got cool. And uh, the and, and and Joe freaking out and sorry, I'm not I'm not trying to pick on these characters specifically, Sloan. I'm just they were the one, I, they were the ones who I did didn't it even most. say anything. I, I just want to get out there and say that. Um Okay. <laughs> honestly, like that, that's me just being sincere. No, um, I, I but, oh my god. Yeah. Sorry, that wasn't a pun either. Um Oh, but yeah, one. the yeah, there we go. Um, but the I prefer this way of doing it, where like the main characters are fairly composed for the most part, but their parents are the ones who are <laughs> in tears, you know, and like worrying like hell. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty great. Yeah, imagine your son leaves like a note at the coffee pot to be like, "Hey, I'm going to the digital world," and then like a dude, like a government suit is like, "Hey, I need you to come to this building. We're having a conference with all with all your family <laughs> friends." Type deal. Like that would be kind of like a lot to deal with. I feel like he probably just got the police to bring them there or something. But yeah, Yamaki seems like for, for, for all of his eccentricities, perhaps like he seems like a fairly organized guy. Like. Except for when it comes to like his own personal space, <laughs> which is obviously a, a shithole. Um, but yeah, like in terms of the way he operates, he seems fairly efficient for the most part. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's crafty. He'll he'll make it work. You know, he's not gonna like exactly. turn up in the dead of night and bundle them into the a back of a black van or whatever. Like you know, he's gonna be like <laughs> pretty normal about it. Yeah, he's also um, like um... he's not really an under the table kind of guy. No, I think he's past that. Yeah, he's he's stopped being underhanded. He's now uh, he's now genuine. It's like, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, can I talk about a line in this in the show, where in the dub version specifically, which I feel like is maybe something that they shouldn't have done because <laughs> I feel like it just sets up a load of 
I feel like I might have repercussions later on. What's um, that? Go for it. And maybe, and maybe it won't, but uh, so there's a line where they're, like, they're talking about the sovereigns, and um, Takato says something, I think it's Takato who says something along the lines of, like, what if they're, like, I think he's talking about maybe they're, like, their, their size or something. But he says yeah. they must like they must be huge or they must be powerful or whatever. When um, if they're like Azulongamon from the TV show, oh, that's so good! I love referencing that. Referencing Adventure Two, this has been the first instance in like several episodes since they like acknowledged the fact that there was a TV show in the like the dub interpretation of this story, and and it's, and then suddenly they're just going right for like the. Oh yeah, we've been talking about gods for several episodes now, but now we're finally going to acknowledge the fact that, like, in this universe where there was a TV, where Digimon Adventure Two was a TV show, Takato, being a huge fan, should have some idea of who those gods might be. You want? You know, like, what something funny. Go on. This uh, isn't a dub. A dub invention. Wow, really? <gasps> it's Wait, in the sub. Even in the sub. Um, he hears the name the 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 like because in, in the sub they have been called being called the sovereign they're called the four holy beasts, um, and uh, in the sub he says oh I know those and he points out uh, Azulongmon which in, the, in Japanese is called King Longmon from like the card game from the card game yeah that's okay, that's, see, that's awesome that's interesting yeah that, that kind of makes sense as well I think that makes a bit more sense but it's nice to know that's like canonical i guess so it's not it's not going to have repercussions later i suppose in, in that in that sense yeah in that case yeah yeah huh because i think in in like we're getting a bit ahead of things right now but i think in monster makers canon slash wild bunch canon like the four uh holy beasts slash sovereigns were like four of the first ones they ever created right so like it does make sense that those would be the ones that um you know got turned into merchandise uh asap Exactly. No, it's perfect. That makes perfect sense. You want to make the coolest monsters first, so <laughs> why not make like the cool, like the cool, um, like god dragon with the big beard? I forget what the others even are. I know there's a big phoenix or something, which we're gonna see. But yeah, yeah. I guess we'll we'll learn soon, so don't, you don't need to tell me. But um, yeah, um, Scatter clearly knows his stuff <laughs> more than more than me, which makes sense. Um. Oh, another line that I want to bring up, which made me really happy. I'm not I'm not sure I've got much to say about this other than the fact that it made me happy. But the Fujimon modify card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the boy! Is this the first time they've used this? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, but, wow. yeah I, I mentioned it in my recap briefly, but just like seeing Terriermon with those big white boxing gloves made me very happy. <laughs> I loved it. It was so adorable. The Sub-Zero Ice Punch specifically as well. Um, I feel like Terriermon would do an impression. But I appreciate that was really difficult <laughs> for he, he, he would appropriate Italian culture. <laughs> oh God, yeah, this one this one was so, so overwhelming once they like met Shibumi. That with the law and so on, that it just felt like I it's hard to keep track of what happened. <laughs> like what Yeah, was it's it? a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I really dig it like Shibumi's kind of like a weird conspiracy theorist too, because he's like, "What if we're all dreams? What if I created you?" And it's like, "Okay, dude, like, yeah, put down like the weed and just like, like get a coffee and you sober up. Like, you're a little, you're a little uh, high strung right now." I find it funny how like athletic he is when, like, at the beginning of the episode, he's running away from the from presumably Yamaki's people. Like, 
he comes across, like he's just like leaping over that one fence that these like suits aren't able to do, like the grunts or whatever. Like <laughs> I found that really funny. Like he's way more capable <laughs> and then, than and he then probably should you be. You find him, and he's just like super sleepy. Yeah. How does he? Did they ever explain how he actually travels to and fro the digital world? Like, because he's obviously not doing it. That'll prop- be explained. Properly. It will. It will be explained, or it won't be. I'm. I'm pretty sure it's going to be explained. Yeah, I think. I think it is. It won't be until like we're out of the digital world, but like it is going to be talked about. Okay. Good. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of questions about this one. I also feel like this will be yeah, an episode I... that, as like as as a kid, would be difficult to sit through. Maybe that's just being a bit cynical of me, but like, it doesn't feel like they they have like one little fight in here with the Divermon, which feels kind of arbitrary. But I do wonder, like, the pacing on this episode's a bit not great, and I think that's always going to happen when you have like a law heavy episode. But I don't know. Yeah, Digimon had guess... a thing of like, there's always a lot of lore in a series, and they always need like a few specific episodes like where they put it. So it is yeah, it ends I mean, up with this thing of like. Every few up, epi- like every like say t- there's like two episodes like of each season where it's like okay like we gotta just dedicate this entire episode to lore. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, for what it's worth, I do think this is handled more elegantly and interestingly than the past two seasons lore dump episodes have been. Oh, like yes, the, the lore dump episode from zero two, which is like half Izzy explaining, you know, oh here's why we can't use our ultimates, and half Azulongmon being like literally just talking at at the camera. Um, was just, like, it was so dull. And at least this is, like, presented in a more visually interesting way with, like, the, you know, the Diginomes and the yeah. Comic Sans text floating by <laughs> whatever. I mean, there was, like, no telegraphing, well, very little telegraphing of in, like, a satisfying way you know, of the, of that there would be those big lore dumps coming in O2. Like, in this, this show's built for it, like, from the ground up. Like, nothing in here feels, like, entirely unexpected. And, um, you know, it's it's a show that's been dabbling in this sort of thing for a long time anyway. Whereas Izzy coming out of nowhere and saying, like, oh, the crests were destroyed, or whatever, whatever happened, was just very, like, oh, we need to answer this question that we didn't think people would actually give a shit about. <laughs> like, that's kind of what it felt like in O2. So. I also like that, like, it sort of gives a lot of questions, like, about, like, Gilmon, like, the Digi Gnomes, and how, like, yes. I mean, Sabumi even says, like, the Digi Gnomes, like, evolve from the digital world itself. Like, clearly, like, the world itself is living and creating things. Like, did Gil, like, how, like, even there's, like, the, the mystery behind Gilmon's, like, creation of, like, did he will himself into existence yeah. because he was able to, like, recognize himself? Was Takato's, like, pure power of belief, like, as a child? Then you have the stuff with, like, Yamaki where he's talking about, like, and, like, the Monster Makers are talking about, like, oh, like, well, it can only be children because, like, they have that power of imagination and belief type of thing. Like, that is so There's, like, a lot way. of cool, I, like... I'm, I'm sorry, but, like, that whole aspect... And that, I, I, no, I'm, I'm not gonna inter- lie. Like, intentionally, when, like... When the guy was like, it had to be children, I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I'm shifting uncomfortably in my seat. Like, congratulations, you've made digital. <laughs> like, it's weird, like, perverts or something. Like, it, it just feels... Yeah, that's, like, unsettling in, like, a very... You won't no, feel it's, that it's, way watching it as a kid. Digimon simply like children, and I'm just like, don't say that again like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it makes sense, but it's, it's consistent. It makes sense, but don't say it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, not not ideal. But yeah, I, I just think there's, like, a lot of cool aspects that they're bringing up, like, between, like, the stuff of, like, 
with the digital world, like, oh, like, if you if you truly believe that you aren't going to get wet, like, you won't get wet when you're in water, like, you can breathe in water type of thing. Like, the whole aspect of, like, the belief with, like, yeah. the children, that's why it had to be, like, those kids who left. And, like, we're going to see more of that next episode. Yeah. Which I still yeah. also think is interesting. It's a fairly consistent like, all the Shibumi stuff. With the, yeah, with the series. It is. Like, in general, like, hey, Last Evolution Kazuna is all around this shit. Like, <laughs> it's literally the entire theme of, of that of that film is is yeah. what we're dealing with here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's something that never really goes away. But uh, And, I mean, I like that we see it, like, and I, this is probably tangenting a bit, but I like that we see it, like, initially when the series starts with Takato because, like, he has the imagination where, like, he loves the show and the franchise so much, right? Like, he, he can't get enough of it. Like, yeah. he's a, a dang Digimane. Like, he has goggles for, like, Digimark. for crying out loud. Like, that's how much of a complete nerd he is for this. But, like, he, he loves it so much. Like, he has, like, such, that's, like, that strong imagination that, like, he literally thinks to be, like, okay, like, I'm going to make my own Digimon, make my own Digimon OCs. And yes. he, he it literally, he wills it into existence, basically. And, like, that shows that power. Of, like, Takato, with such, like, a strong imagination, yeah. is able to do this. Where, like, the other, like, Henry and Rika, like... Obviously, like, they got their Digimon, like, for their different reasons that like, we go over that. But it's such a different case for Takato. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see where they, where they go with Yomon origin or whatever, you know. Uh, the idea that, like... <laughs> Shibumi be talking about, like, maybe you existed to create Kyomon or something. It's like, okay, all right, calm down, man. <laughs> like, it's I, like, okay, it's okay, Uchikoshi, like, chill a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they maybe get a bit existential at points, um, a bit too existential. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any reasons for him to, like, be starting to go down this road of, like, other than to play up the, the fact that he's, like, kind of, kind of lost it. <laughs> Weird. Um, but, um, like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's something useful to have it, like, where, they draw a line in the sand that, like, the real world birthed the digital world, or or at least it tapped into something yeah. which wasn't fully explored yet. Whereas in the like the adventure show and so on, the digital world is basically like an alternate plane of existence. Like it just happens to be something that sort of kind of ties into the computers in the real world. So, um, and uh, yeah, him sort of like blurring the lines here between like what is real, where, who, what, which is the real world, and so on. It's like okay, calm down, like. <laughs> we're gonna to get to this later and i'm pretty sure the answer is going to be the real world is the real world <laughs> the digital world is not is not the real world um, yeah honestly i think one of the most interesting revelations in this episode is um that the monster maker's great innovation wasn't digimon but actually the digi-gnomes that like what they were doing wasn't creating a, like life per se is they, they created an ecosystem which then created its own life in a, in a weird sort of way yeah. Because there's a really good line that was cut from the dub that Shubumi has where um, Henry asks if the Diginomes are alive and sentient. And he says, um, if you consider that an ecosystem is top to bottom a living biome, then you have to treat everything within it as being alive. That's good. So, I, wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 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 fun. I can see why they maybe cut that, but again, yeah. maybe, maybe this was like, a bit Yeah, like it's, just, it's such an interesting like bit of lore that like you know, the, the Digimon are sentient creatures, yes, but they are created, um, they're molded by their by their environment in, in a very literal sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think these aspects of, of this series are probably what fascinates me the most of, like, the whole um, talk about, like, artificial intelligence and creating life. Like, I, th I think that is just 
absolutely fascinating for, like, for a show like this, when, like, the past two series, like, they didn't get anywhere near, like, to this level of, like, hey, like, of, like, of talking about, like, the, the depths of Digimon in the digital world. Like, it's just, like, like you said, it's just there. Like, it's always been there type of thing. Like, this is, like, okay, like, a bunch of, like, idiot college kids decided they wanted to play God. <laughs> and were like, hey, let's, let's get some, let's get some real Grinch money and, like, get this kicking type thing. And actually just create this whole other world on accident. Yeah. I think it's right that the show, like originally, like Food Adventure and Adventure 2, didn't really broach the subject. <laughs> but I think now we're in season three, as it's known in the in the as it was called in the US, I guess. It's probably the right time to be, you know, looking at some of these subjects because, again, yeah, there's a lot to be explored here by the very nature of what, you know, what this show is. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. There, there's also a line. Um, I want to go over one of um, Shibumi's lines. It's a little bit longer, but it's, he's talking about because they talk about like the Davis and the Sovereign and sort of like, you know, like what's up with them? Because obviously, you know, the Davis whole thing has been sort of like to keep evolving, right? Like to discover like how to did you evolve because like they lost the ability to do that. And he says, it is rather ironic, don't you think? The Digimon have tried to evolve into larger and stronger forms to set themselves apart from the humans who created them, but they've ended up taking on the forms of ancient gods of the humans. Digimon and humans will never be able to separate themselves from each other. They live in the same world, really. And it's only when that's recognized that the next evolution will begin. And, like, we know what that's, like, like leading to, and I think that's, like, a really great way of putting it. Like, yeah, like, the Devas are literally based on ancient gods, like... You have yeah. a bunch of Digimon who are based on, like, real-world things and creatures, like, with changes, obviously. And the, I mean, partnership has always been a big part of Digimon, so, like, allu yeah. alluding to that, like, it's only when Digimon can, like, team up with humans that they'll be at their best and brightest that I love. But there's just really a lot to it that, like, wow, like, this says a lot about, sort of, the franchise as a whole, and especially um, Tamers right now, where we're at and where we have been. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were gonna say this says a lot about society. <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why you would say that. But it's just like sorry. I'm cancelling the podcast now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. One thing that I think is interesting, um, is we're you know, again getting a bit ahead of things, but there's a, a, a moment that um is relevant to this conversation in the Digimon Tamers nineteen eighty four um prequel short story. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're discussing um what's missing from the Digimon that they they believe they're yeah. creating. And Shibumi says that the thing that is missing is entelecheia, which is this the concept of having potential, like being able to grow and achieve some higher purpose. And that's what he thinks, um, you know, is required for a, a, a life form to, to be complete. Because, like, other, other people say, um, you know what's the point of giving a, you know, a virtual life form purpose? Like, isn't that seem kind of cruel if it's just like, you know, virtual and it's like, well, if it's going to be self-aware, it has to have something to aspire to. Otherwise, you know, it reaches the end of its um, intellectual and um, moral growth fairly quickly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's, I was, I was just thinking that when you brought that up, but isn't like Digi Intelichi, like, isn't that like the Japanese name for the Digi-Gnomes or something? Like, I want to say like, that's something that, like, is brought up, like, in the Japanese version, like, in the show or something. 
I think at at some point, um, it is brought up. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the digenomes are just called digenomes in the sub. Like that's what the, that's what the subs okay. I have are calling them. At least. I I could the, I'm the I'm probably called... just thinking of something else. But like I could have sworn yeah. like digi entelechy was like something that was like like a thing like that that was brought up. But like maybe I'm just like rewriting history. Was the was the does the sub use the Japanese names for everything? For everything else, yeah. Like it calls oh. Beelzebub, Beelzebubon, etc. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. Interesting. There, there is a lot in this episode in terms of like what it gives you as a viewer. I think a lot of it is like oh, kind of uh, okay. weird. Cause... Go on. Go I on, was so. thinking of something else. Ne- never mind, sorry. I, I looked it up because I was curious and I'm... We'll, we'll get to that when we get to it because it is going to be brought up. But yeah, uh, yeah. that concept is like brought up again of Entelechea, but I, I was thinking of something completely different, not the Digenome, so my bad. Uh, anyway, sorry, go ahead, Tom. Um, yeah, I, I was just going to say, there's a lot that gets brought up in this episode to the viewer. I feel like a lot of it in terms of discussion is it, it, there's a lot of questions that have to be answered and so on. Um, but I do feel like when they get to the point where they're like flying away in the arc, um, <laughs> it just gets I don't, I don't know. Something about the whole thing is a bit silly to me, but... Um, uh, yeah. It's really but, goofy, but I love it. I think it's. Do you think? Do you think they should have recognized the Divermon, or specifically Takato should have recognized the Divermon? That's what I was thinking because yeah. they saw it in the OVA. Yeah, and they were a lot more. They were a lot more vicious, vicious in the OVA. And <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if they were like. Remember smaller? when that Divermon beat up that old man? Yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> he was kind of asking for it, but but yeah, the Divermon in the in in that were huge. And I yeah, feel like they were big it's, boys. It's not this maybe it's like just that tiny. the way that they like portray scale in the film is different from like the show. But there's something about yeah, so they just felt like really like big boys in the in the, in the show in the movie. Sorry, um, Diverman's cool. No, that, His no, voice that was my exact. I, I literally impression. wrote my notes. I'm like, you should recognize this guy, you you dorks. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. Um, Diverman's voice is is an impression of someone. I feel like. Or is, or is it... It's Bullwinkle from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Can oh, I? God. I need to admit something. Uh, when what? I first watched the episode, I put my notes because I didn't. I didn't realize. I couldn't think of Bullwinkle offhand, so I put that's that voice Joey from Full House does. And then I realized, wait, that's Bullwinkle, you <laughs> idiot! And I was like, oh, that's our one Full House reference for the entire podcast. Surely we've referenced it at least one more time before. Well, Maybe we have. Uh... I don't. If, if anyone wants to it. let us know, please do, because that's kind of cursed, if so. Uh, and that is definitely out of my uh, area of, like, knowledge, so, <laughs> you know. Never um, watched a good a, a good 90s sitcom? I, I'm doing a 90s sitcom from the US or whatever. I watched growing up was uh, Fresh Prince. And that was, okay, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's the best that, choice. That was, like, the one that made it to, like, TV over here. Um, I'm, I'm, I think it was, like, I mean, that. It, it, did, it did have British representation, so... Wait, who? Jeffrey, the butler. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, forgot about that. I was thinking that, like, Alfonso Ribeiro or someone was, like, secretly British. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, kind of how um, uh, 21 Savage is um, is British. <laughs> like, which is my 21 favorite what? Thing. 21 yeah, Jump Street? 21 Savage. Oh, yeah. oh, 21 Savage. I was, like... What are you oh, saying? Okay. okay. I was gonna say. Um, 
yeah, but he's like British and like I don't know. I think Ice was going after him at one point, which is not not, not a fun story, but you know, um, that's the way they be. One of my favorite lines, actually, I think my favorite line from this episode is when they're in the arc flying off and. Takato says, I can handle being Data, but if I lose Gilmon, I lose a part of myself forever. And, like, I think that's, like, a... Because Takato hasn't, like, brought up, like, yeah. the Gilmon thing in a few episodes. And I think it's just because, like, we haven't seen Takato in a few episodes. But I feel it's, like, the perfect point of, like, him bringing up this fear again. Yeah. Because, like, they were just talking about Gilmon and his creation. And now he's, like, oh, like, he's, like, sort of, like, got all this stuff on his mind because Shibumi is just talking mess. And Takato bringing this up is, like, really good, especially, like right as we're at the precipice of the of what is going to happen with sort of the climax of uh Takato yeah. and Gilmon's like character arcs and oh it's just it's so good yeah there's a, the, that his his like paranoia or whatever is is rearing its head here for the first for the yeah, and- not quite for the first time but like the in a more observable fashion than it has been in some time and and yeah that's some good foreshadowing um, it is worth mentioning that the, the, the dialogue at the end is different between both versions. Ah. Oh. Right, what, what's the difference? In, in the sub, he gets fixated on something that Shibumi says. Uh, Shibumi uh, words it that Gilmon is at, at his core just data. And Sakaro keeps repeating that phrase to himself. He's just data. Oh, that's... And that's going to be... That's a massive difference. That, that, and, that, that... and that's going to be something... Wait, sorry, can you repeat that again? Um, in, in the sub... He's fixated on something that Shibumi says. Where it's like Shibumi doesn't mean it in a dismissive way, but he ba- what he basically says is at Gilmon's core, Gilmon is just data that's been rearranged into the shape of you know his friend by the Digi-Gnomes. Oh, so at the end wow. of the episode, Takato was repeating to himself that phrase "just data" over and over again, and that's oh. something that he is going to be repeating for several episodes. Yeah. Oh, that, like, that's something. That's a that's a huge difference. Yeah, like we're. Obviously, we're leading up to a fairly big turning point. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything for people who are, you know, watching this for the first time along with us. But there is going to be a point where Takao says he, he's just Data out loud. And it's going to be a very important moment for his character. Oh, jeez. I, knowing, like, honestly, like, coming back to this, like, I already, like, I mean, I watched Tamers a few years ago. And, like, I loved it, of course. And then, like, I watched it when I was a kid. But, like, I think, like coming back to this, like, sort of, like, at the rate we've been going and, like, learning about the stuff from you from the subs, Crafty, like, I am getting so much more of an appreciation for this, and, like, I, I really can't wait, because I'm like, oh, like, this is gonna, like, hurt even more now with all of these extra details, and, like, with this finer look that I'm going in at, and it's, oh, it's gonna be real good. This is gonna be real good. Yeah, it's, yeah, um... it's, it's setting up some very tasty, um, existential drama for the next few episodes. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I I know there's going to be some big changes coming up in terms of like how the dub handles certain things around the sub and so on, and we're going to have a big conversation around that because I have feelings about the I think the dub's pretty good, um, but I know it's not necessarily completely accurate. Anyway, um, I, I I like that the we're sort of starting to see the seeds of that get get um get. Not sown because they've been so I've, they've been sowing them for quite some time really over the over the course of the show. But like they're starting to sprout. Get get back to it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're starting to get back to that stuff. So yeah, but um, does that really does that cap it off in this for this episode? Was there anything else that happened? I think it's. I, I think it yeah. does for me at least. Yeah, that wasn't really anything else I, I felt um, compelled to make notes on. I just thought like like <laughs> the okay. changes in this 
Um, the changes in this episode between this dub and sub are are few but significant in my opinion, and it's interesting to see um, how that's going to continue to happen moving forward. Like I, as this series goes on, I have generally fewer and fewer notes every single episode, but the notes I do have are are pretty significant. <laughs> There's going to be some right in the next like four episodes or so. There are also going to be some rather large changes that we're going to have to deal with. Can't wait. It's it's gonna be good. I'm. And speaking of good, do you both mind if we cover episode thirty three of Digimon Tamers? Go for it. Okay, so let's do it. Episode thirty three is called Rabbit Transit. It was written in Japanese by Reiko Yoshida and in English by the beloved by the Novacast Adele Lim. So this episode starts with the 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 digital arc carrying Terriermon, Takato, and Henry, and they're just you know they're just flying because it's just sort of flying. And Terriermon starts thinking about like Susie back home, and he's like missing her. He's like, oh, I miss Susie, and like you know, Takato and Henry sort of like tease him a little bit, like haha, like oh, you want to be Princess Pretty Pants again? He's like, no, I just hope she's doing okay because I'm I'm her favorite toy type of thing. It's very cute. And then we sort of see Susie at home. She she misses Terrier Mon because her little buddy's gone and she's super bored. And then she ends up essentially blackmailing her dad, John Yu, into taking her to the park. And when they're there, she starts playing and Yamaki comes over. He's like, oh, like doing that father-daughter bonding. And he's like, I wouldn't know about that. But John Yu and Yamaki start sort of talking about, you know, the stuff from yesterday or like supposedly yesterday, I guess from the talk that we had last episode, I should say. And all that stuff, talking about, like, the stuff with Shibumi, and they talk about, like, how Shibumi was kind of, like, they were all the brains behind it, but, like, he he clearly, like, he wanted to create life itself type of thing. Like, that's what they say. Like, he was essentially, like, playing God, creating life itself. And as we know about from, like, say, the blue card, like, there was a lot to what Shibumi has done with, like, the, the Monster Maker stuff with Digimon that is sort of far beyond the the realm and reach, like, the rest of them went into. So they're talking about that because Yamaki has been trying to find Shibumi, but to no avail. And so Suzy is being Suzy. She's living it up. She's having a good time. And she, she goes up onto, like, a little, like, play thing, like a little playground set, and... There are, like, the, the digital field, like, numbers and letters, like, all the, you know, like, all the characters that are showing up in, like, the sort of misty yeah. fog. It's that, and it's she that keeps one, it's that one gif of, it's that one gif of uh, Zach Galifianakis, like, doing the mental maps. It's it's all that stuff. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> so. Yes, that's, what, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. she's going there, and, of course, she still misses Terrier Mon. But she sees, she manages to see like that giant arc flying past and she sees Terriermon and so she calls out to him and Terriermon manages to hear her. And at that point, like, she wants to see Terriermon so bad that she starts to like phase into the digital world and like seeing this, like Johnny's freaking out, like him and Yamaki like run over to try and get her, but it's too late. And, you, you know, John Yu, he's not having an easy time because now his like, six-year-old is in the digital world like alone so that you know not much of a good time for him yeah at least his like 12 year old son or whatever can do like some martial arts a little bit and like this is 
This is a different story. Susie is an escort quest NPC that gets like one shot, essentially. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like uh, Natalia or whatever from GoldenEye. Like she's she's that same sort of tier of exactly. like vulnerable. <laughs> so, so Susie's in the digital world, and she runs into her first digital creature. It is a Kiwi Mon. Who like takes her jacket and like tears it up and then fires a little bomb at her and she gets very upset and she starts running away and she's like, Oh, why is everyone so mean to me? I'm so nice and friendly, I'm Susie. And you know, she's being very sad and adorable. But she eventually ends up running into the final Deva, Antilamon, the rabbit Deva. And they're at this place called the South Gate, which is by where one of the, the sovereigns lives, which out of all the places to be dropped into at the digital world, being dropped <laughs> right outside of, like, the the front door of, like, the most angry sovereign imaginable, really bad luck. Anyways, she's like, hey, Antilamon, can you help me find my friend Terriermon? And Antilamon's like, oh, like, you know, kid, like, you need to get going. Like, I'm kind of tired. Like, I don't really have time for this. I gotta watch this gate. But eventually, like, you know, Susie, like, sort of pouts and, like, is like, oh, no, please, play with me type thing. And so Antilamon's like, okay, like, you know what, fine, like, I'll humor you for a little bit. And they go along, and she tries to help Susie find Terramon, but eventually she's like, okay, like, kid, your friend's not anywhere, I I gotta go back. But they keep playing, she's like, Susie's like, no, you're gonna play with me, and she's like, okay. So they start running and jumping, and they're having a grand old time. And eventually they're just hanging out and Antilamon's like, you know, I'm kind of hungry. And Susie's like, I'll go find some food for you, my new best friend. And so Antilamon like sneaks off, but Makuramon sees Susie like looking for some snacks and he goes to accost her and he's like, I'm going to trade you to the Deva for a golden banana. He's, he's basically like, because he lost Calamon, he's in, he's in deep doo-doo. So he's going to try and like use his human child to get out of it, which I don't really know what that would do because... The, the Digimon Sovereign he works for hates humans, so... <laughs> but Antilamon hears Susie, like, shouting for help and goes to help her, and Makuramon calls her a traitor, and also at this point is when Terriermon hears Susie shouting too, so the arc sort of turns around, and, like, they sort of realize that the arc is going, like, where they think about where they want it to go, so the arc just sort of comes crashing down towards, like, that battle of Antilamon versus Makuramon nearly crushes Makuramon and just shatters into nothingness as Terriermon, Henry, and Takato are sort of just like dropped out. Antilamon manages to fight back Makuramon, and that's when Henry and Takato realize, oh wait, this is a Deva. That first of all, Deva's fighting a Deva, but oh no, Susie's with this Deva. And Makuramon's sort of like, I'll get you next time, my pretty, and runs away. And he's like, You're you're a traitor. <laughs> and Telamon, and I'll make sure the Digimon Sovereign knows about this. And he leaves, but as Henry and Takato and Terramon are running, like, to help Susie, there's a beam of light that, like, comes into this, like, little sphere, and it ap- it creates a pink Digivice that Susie has, and it's this moment of, like, Susie's a tamer to a Deva? Which is line for line in the show. And then afterwards, the Digimon Sovereign fires off, like, a missile... And shoots a red beam of light at Antilamon, who de-digivolves into Lotmon because now she's not one of the Devas. And now Susie has her own bunny friend to take care of and love forever. And that's where the episode ends. (laughs) 
pray, pray, pray for Scrafty. And T. Lamont, this I have is... only known Susie for one day, but if anything happened to her, I would kill everyone in this room and then myself. No, 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 no. Um, this is Scrafty's, like, worst nightmare this whole episode. Like, I am sorry, like... Sloan. This episode is a bridge too far for me. I, could, <laughs> it's, I, I thought could it was handle, really fun. I could handle the Uwu kid stuff when it was a minor character who maybe got two lines every other episode, but almost half She's of this not episode... Like a... Okay, it's Is one episode. Voice. She's not going to be like the main he- hero of every episode listen, from now on. Listen, this is a precursor to the one of my biggest problems with Frontier. It starts here. It's giving a really dumb voice to a character they don't think She's will be important. She's a six-year-old! And in the sub, she talks like have? a normal person and not like a cartoon version of a six-year-old that doesn't exist. Real children do not talk like this. This is how adults think children talk. Yeah, that's great. Tika and Kari and uh, Tika and Kari did not speak like this in, in Adventure. Exactly. They were like eight. It's it's completely <laughs> different. <laughs> okay. You learn how to speak within those two years. Lisa Simpson is eight years old. <laughs> like you know, she's two two years old. Two years older than Susie. <laughs> like that's different. That's uh, American anime. Okay. Listen, when 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 Davis and Willis got de-aged in. In the, the hurricane touchdown, uh, Golden <laughs> Digimentals OVA, they did not speak like this. They were that's, four. That's different. They, that was, they had to, it they was had not to different. Fight me. They Fight me. Uh, it's different because I said so. <laughs> it's okay. It's obnoxious. I can't. I cannot handle it. <laughs> like you cannot. You cannot uh, the, sanction this tomfoolery. <laughs> I cannot sanction this buffoonery. Yeah, yes, buffoonery, like the. The fact that not only does she speak in that voice for the whole episode, but, like, they added more dialogue from the sub, because God forbid we have ten seconds of silence. Um, <laughs> See, I it, can give you that. I I think both these episodes have a lot of added dialogue, where it's like, okay, I could use a little moment of silence, but... I mean, yeah, it's every episode Digimon to ever exist. You're right. Yeah. But I... I, I don't Susie. know. I'm, I'm, She's great. I'm sorry, I like I this episode from a narrative and, and thematic standpoint, but I, I cannot sanction the Iwu Kid voice. That is that is my kryptonite. Okay, so, yeah, I found this a bit much for this one episode. Like, I know this is the most we're going to hear Susie speak in, like, a single episode, I'm pretty sure, but still, it was, a, it, was a, it was too it was a lot. It didn't break the episode for me. I found, other than that, this was a really kind of fun weird episode like i i think i thought the whole stuff with yamaki and janyu and obviously like suzy basically getting abducted in front of their eyes was like really unsettling um i yeah. found i think the whole thing with Intilamon, like oh you know again besides her voice um i found her there the whole thing really fun and Tilamon, by the way um i need to look up his voice is her but um it's michelle ruff so she, Michelle Ruff, yeah, she has the exact vibe of someone who was like started a shift at a bar and she's not going to be done till like gone two a.m. or something like that. She has that exact <laughs> exact, and she's she's working back to back back to back shifts or something. Like she has the exact yeah. same energy of just like like Susie is like like the like the fresh twenty one year old who's already wasted and is like give me another and she's like can like. Here's some water. Like you need to sober up a bit. I'm not. I'm not gonna give you more drinks. But eventually, like breaks down. You know what? <laughs> um, you know what's funny though? What? In the Japanese version, Antilamon's a dude. 
<laughs> Sorry. I don't know why that's funny, but it's like... Good for her. I, yeah, yeah. Good for him? Good for him. Sure. Good for them. Good for them. This is another example of the, the, like, the dub team not having enough episodes in advance to, to know... Um, you know what's what like what's going to happen because uh, in the Japanese version, Antiraman uses um, a very archaic form of speaking, including a a pronoun which is no longer um, popular, and it's not a gendered pronoun. Oh, Antiraman also has the exact same uh, you know female voice actor as as Terriermon in the sub. Oh, okay. So what that means yeah. is, uh, in addition to the the fact that the Japanese language doesn't use pronouns uh, in third person speech, so if you're if you're referring to, you know, um, Antilamon in third person, you just say Antilamon. You don't say like him or her or whatever. Yeah. Um, and because of those those things, Antilamon is not properly gendered. I looked it up for another nine episodes. Whoa, so, that's a lot of episodes. Yeah. So they they did not see, think far ahead, and because you know. Um, Terriermon, you know, has the same voice actor, but is but is male. They just had to take a wild guess, <laughs> and they guessed wrong. I can't believe these SJWs in the West trans uh, Antilamon's gender. It's See, just it's they, so they, funny they, to me. They, Where will they, they stop? They force fem Antilamon. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's what I'm Can saying. I say that? Can I say that? Is that is that too far? Yeah, maybe, you, maybe... You're you're allowed to say that. You're allowed. Okay, to say I'm giving that. you. The, oh, okay, I'm giving good. you the force fem pass. Yeah, I'm giving I'm giving you special permission <laughs> to use that. Okay. All right. Free to free free to edit that out, and then you say it instead, or I'm one of you say that. it instead. No, no, no it's it, it's funnier if you say it. I guarantee it, you, it's yeah. funnier if you say it. Oh well, yeah. I mean that. I knew, I know that. Um. Okay. Anyway. Um, Thank you for great. bestowing yeah. this information, Scrafty, because otherwise this wouldn't be nearly as good. Yeah, like it, it is. It is really funny that, like, because of these structural problems, these issues can arise. Arise, and the same thing almost happened in season one with Gatomon, which is why Gatomon is called Gatomon and not Gatamon, is because right. the the dub team thought Gatomon was a boy and just had like a you know a female voice actor, and it wasn't until like they'd already made merch that had the name Gatomon and whatever on it that they got noticed saying, oh, hey, you know, this this character turns into a big titty angel in a few episodes. We got it. We got it. Course correct. Oh, you no. know what? But that would have made, like, Digimon Adventure, like, a pioneer if it went from <laughs> Boy Gatomon to Anjuomon. Like, that would have been, like, what's bigger very... than Galaxy Brain? Like, Nirvana Brain? Like, that's what it would have been. <laughs> very, very, like, Ranma half or whatever that show's called it's like this is like the two shows pioneering that space in that space uh that and yeah. the one episode <laughs> we that- need to go back in time and change gatomon to be a boy in the dub <laughs> that and the one episode of pokemon where james has the giant breasts like that's the that's like the, yeah okay i'm gonna stop talking now i feel like I'm, i feel like i'm i feel like i'm treading a line um i don't know no, you're, you're, you're doing great you're doing great <laughs> okay you really are all right cool um but yeah, see, it's funny that we might, now, I feel like now is a pertinent time to bring up the fact that this, um, other languages don't do much better in the German dub of this series, Renamon's a man. Yeah, see, I, that, I knew that one. Which, again, becomes pretty funny once, um, Renamon and Rika merge into Sakuyamon, which is, you know, explicitly feminine. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's, it is really funny how, how certain, um, Dubbers and writers can miss the boat entirely on this stuff. Yeah, this it just, feels I don't like know, a it, very like early, like late nineties, early two thousands, like translation goof. 
that like would only happen then type of thing like like later 2000s like i don't know much about later 2000s but especially now like they would already know or like they yeah. it, it would just be all subs type of thing yeah and, like this is like this is a very of the time thing and i kind of love that yeah. and like how do i how do i put this um it's when it happens this way, it's not malicious. Like, this isn't like, you know, Knights of the Zodiac slash Saint Seiya changing a character's gender to erase a queer relationship. Or, um, you know, the Sailor Moon dub yeah, um, erasing trans characters by making them entirely different. Like, they're, they're two different gendered forms, entirely different people entirely. Like, this is just a very innocent mistake. This isn't the result of, you know, intentionally trying to erase the existence of, of queer people or whatever. It's just funny. It's, it's fun to yeah. laugh at. Now, yeah. I, now I can claim it, though. Antti Lamont's a trans <laughs> icon. Yeah. <laughs> I think the... Okay, so they're like, having having Susie get um, Lockmon as a partner is pretty obvious. Um, in, ter- in terms of, like, if Susie was going to get a partner, then yeah, I'll, I'll give her Lockmon, obviously. With, uh, with her. Um, it, it helps that, like, the viewers can't... If they're the kind of audience that would have seen the, like, OVA or in, in the... In the upside of things would have seen the Digimon the movie there's already familiarity there with like you know um Terriamon and Lockmon or I guess as the original like Gummimon and Chocomon or whatever. Cocomon. Yeah. Yeah. Cocomon. Cocomon, yeah. Um so uh, yeah like bringing that back and and it makes a lot of sense. But I like the route that they go here where they start with Intelamon instead <laughs> and then they, they they do that and Yeah it's it's really good. Atilamon's got a fun design. Uh, I think it's cool that they yeah, brought her back I... after Hurricane Touchdown was yeah, kind of we, like. We only saw Atilamon like for like ten, like for like five minutes at most but... in Hurricane Touchdown, and like in Hurricane yeah. Touchdown, like she had like a lot of cool animation, like the the really like graceful like flips she did, and like yeah. melting into the water. But like we didn't see a lot. But yeah, like I. And Tilamon is such a great design because, like, she's got like the really like long, like unsettling limbs, but it's like super graceful mm. at the same time. She's very lanky, yeah. She so so. Until, yeah. And Tilamon is the ultimate form of Lotmon, correct? Not the yes, yeah, yeah. What's the champion form? Oh, is that uh, like Turimon? Turimon. Okay, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. It's it, sorry, Turudimon. I'll, I'll post it in the in the okay. um the host chat. Much. It's like a little like a uh, martial arts rabbit with. Oh um, yes, I've seen this before. Those like this is yeah, sick. I can't remember what they're called. Like the like the the gauntlet claw things. Yeah, yeah it's like a weird like reverse Wolverine situation going on. Like the the claws yeah, going. Tes- back Tesso, that's what it's called. Tesso. Yeah, um, that's cool. That's that, I wish that was in the show because I I know that we see more in Telemon later on, but we don't see this thing. So uh, that's kind of a shame. But oh, oh well. I don't think this thing even existed when like Tamers was out. Is funnily enough, you know what? Um, you know what? Her the part where she she sprints around at like supersonic speed, um, reminded me of. Have either of you seen the anime Devilman Crybaby? No, I have not. Yes, yes, I, I know. I know um, what you're about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of the devil possessed characters <laughs> running that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Oh, that's terrifying. No, I don't like that. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I, I think Devil May Cry Baby is a fantastic show. Um, it's Devil May Cry Baby. I, 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 cannot, I cannot recommend it to anyone because <laughs> it's so goddamn depressing. Um, yeah, it's just brutal. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some weird <laughs> animation in that. It's Yeah, it it is very weird and most certainly not for everyone. You need to put, like, you know, three pages of content warnings before you can recommend it to anyone. <laughs> 
<laughs> but true. if it's for you, it's for you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I almost watched great, it like no. last year, but because of everything I heard, I was like, nope. Yeah, yeah it is. It is both extremely disturbing and extremely gory. So I don't think I don't think it would be your speed at all. Yeah, if it is like the most like apocalyptic show <laughs> I've ever seen in every sense of that word. Yeah, so. If- yeah. If you're not good with body horror, the, like the very first episode of the show has some body horror that would make John Carpenter blush. So. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that in there. Um, but honestly, I think it was more just like the grimness of the whole story and everything. Like, yeah, nothing, it's yeah. That, that, there's yeah, there are several reasons why. But yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so that show. But yeah, the 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 the, the person does the funny run. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's uh, and Antinomon Antinomon does kind of like. You you could have just you could have just compared it to like the Naruto run, which I feel like it's not a million miles away from either. No, because like Antilamon doesn't do a Naruto run. Like Antilamon, she like does like the art. Like she's running like a runner. She's she's like, like doing like a, like a really goofy like CW flash run where it's like looks really yeah. bad and it's like on a bad <laughs> green screen. Yeah. <laughs> the Big Bang Theory flash run, which probably actually oh. looked better. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I think Antinomon's fun. I think the the presence of Makuramon here again, like he is, he's clearly meant to be like the new Impmon in that that he's kind of like the, you know, the bumbling idiot, like yeah, villain. He, he just shows someone. up to cause problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But he's very like, I don't think it goes anywhere good for him. Like, I don't know, I I can't recall what happens to him, but like, I don't think it. I don't think he gets to like, you know. He go doesn't retire uh, successfully. I'll yeah. say I'll say that much. Yeah. So like, this is a show that doesn't need that character. Um, like, I'm not saying he doesn't. It doesn't make sense for him to show up here. But I'm just becoming more aware of the fact that like he is filling that role at the moment, and it's a role that doesn't need filling. <laughs> like, we don't need a bumbling. We don't need the mon. Like, or or maybe a better comparison is like, we don't need the demi devi mon. Like. In this uh, in this show at this point, so I'm surprised they're doing that, but I guess it makes sense for him to show up I, here, and, yeah, especially as they're getting closer. I to love the, that. Like, the, the um, I love that Makuramon gets punked by like a, a, a six year old who like bites him on the hand and like runs away. <laughs> I think that's incredibly funny. Yeah, that's that's all. Here's like here's like one of the last remaining devas who just gets bitten by a, like a little child <laughs> and gets punked. Yeah, he's definitely like he he's a diva like what's the phrase? He's like he's like there fill the numbers, you know. <laughs> he's he's like we need a monkey Digimon. Uh you, you'll do. <laughs> yeah. Makuramon's Makuramon's a dork. Um and cool. I do find it funny that she instantly gets nerfed. <laughs> like like they can do that to her, but they can't just send a beam that will just kill her instantly or something like that. Like they know she's <laughs> defected, and they can instantly like make her digivolve, but they can't just kill her <laughs> immediately. So I guess there's some, I guess there's some respect in the Davis. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's you know there's some show of like sportsmanship, I suppose, to an extent. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, the I, I like I like the first half of this episode quite a lot as well. It's um, like I say, it has a has an interesting energy to it with Shibumi and Yamaki looking. They, they've they've been through a lot of shit, and you kind of get the sense that like 
they kind of almost at like a wit's end at this point. Like there's that kind of sort of energy around them. Like they're very much eager for this to all be over. I feel like, and then obviously it gets immediately yeah, they're tired worse in front of their very eyes. I I like the bit where like John you suit like reasonably so is like this isn't fair. Like this isn't right. Like this is my baby. Like yeah. they, they can't, like this can't happen. And he's like blaming himself, which really sucks. And I like Yamaki being like, maybe that's why she was chosen, which I think like, you know, like, yeah, like this is something we covered in the last episode, but like, that's still like the most painful thing. Like I can, I can only imagine how painful that yeah. would be of dad's just like, wow, the, the digital world has abducted my child. And then dude's just like, yeah. well, you know, she's a child. Guess it had to happen. Yaki, like, trying to comfort him is, like, the most awkward thing. He's not good at it. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible at it. Um, He's too much... He's always on, and, and it's clearly not, like... He's, like, typing in Google, like, how do I comfort someone that I sort of know? It's a, it's a yeah. He's just got like he's got his hand on my shoulder and then the other hands on his phone. Like, help me, Siri. How do I act like a normal person? Um, I yeah. It's it it's such an unsettling like portrayal. I feel like this kind of concept of like the child abduction story, which is what this episode is basically, um, was like. Maybe not as like heavily tread ground as much back in like two thousand and one as it was like now, where there's been like a million like films and TV dramas and stuff like that about like this kind of concept. So like to see it treated here, where like it's treated with the like the horror that idea deserves of like your child getting abducted on a playground, with like the notion then of like oh let's see where she gets up to oh she's like lallying around in cloud land and playing with the big the big pink bunny and everything's great yeah it's, it's just something really unsettling about that juxtaposition of like child gets abducted it's very clearly an abduction and as as the parent is shown reacting exactly like they would in that scenario and then it cuts to like cartoon cartoon world <laughs> and it's a cartoon again yeah i guess she, yeah susie's just yeah. like having the time where she's like yucking it up like doing cartwheels like oh this is the best yeah. it feels kind of like an alice in wonderland type of thing where like yeah you know yes the kid is you know lost in a magical land and people are worried about them but like they're having the time of their life <laughs> y- y- sh- well i like yeah, that like sure, susie has yeah. the time of her life for like precisely three minutes before like a kiwi mon attacks her and she's like oh my feet hurt i i can't find terrier mon this is the worst and then she's having the time of her life again when she gets to meet the yeah. big bunny <laughs> yeah a uh, kiwi mon didn't laugh by the way um, I, I was very disappointed no yeah, no it's... laugh yeah no, no laugh no this laugh. time we are precisely Disgusting. like one for three in kiwi mon laughs Re- release the laugh franchise cut. yeah <laughs> just add that back in so one edit i will make <laughs> um yeah, no, it's. Uh, I feel yeah, I feel really can... bad for Johnny though. Dude, dude's lost like two children to this to this world of his own creation at this point. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, like he karma. <laughs> something. He right? should, he 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 probably will have a pretty big martyr complex like later in life or something. Oh, you yeah. you have no idea, especially with the way the. Oh no. I don't want to spill anything, but the the dub changes his final line of the show in the most like heartbreaking cruel way possible I can't like to wait make to get it there. like lighter or to make it worse to make it worse far worse oh can't wait like, i thought i thought you would get 
I thought this was going to get into like Digimon Tamers 2018 lore or whatever. Oh no 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 no! I'm, I'm only talking about stuff that happens in this show. Um, okay. The sub ends ends his character arc on a very hopeful uh, note. In the dub, it ends it on the most depressing note possible. <laughs> nice. I can't wait. See, this is the stuff I want from, like, a follow-up to Digimon Tamers. I don't want, like, some, like, stupid stuff about, like, oh, the internet, ah, creature on the internet, Takato is a clone robot child. Like, I want, like, to see all these characters, like, just, like, depressed and, like, going to therapy over this. (laughs) Yes, sure. Why not? Um, yeah. I don't know much more to say about this one. It's 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 like a I, it, it's a really cool episode, I think. Um, and yeah, this is just this is one of these episodes that I feel like in a, in some ways is like the it's like a really good example of what this show is on like a macro level, like the weird juxtaposition again of like the the domestic and in and in a lot of cases like the horrifyingly domestic with like the fantasy world of the Digimon and so on and, and all this stuff like it, it, it is it, it's just full of wild swings like throughout this whole episode and I love that yeah. honestly even if it is punctuated the entire time by her woke kid voice so <laughs> you know I, it's, I love the moment yeah. where Susie's like can you help me find my friend I'm looking for Tailwormon and Antilamon's yeah. like oh what does he look like and she just flops on the ground and mm-hmm, is like mm-hmm. like this and she's like is he sick <laughs> yeah there's good. like a lot of like little things with that that I'm like okay like I find this like genuinely kind of like like I'm chuckling at it because it's just like Antilamon is just like the straight man and Susie is just like a, a, a six-year-old so obviously like everything is exaggerated yeah. with her and like Antilamon is playing it so straight that I just absolutely love it. It's, yeah, Antilamon Antilamon makes me feel like I, I, I would love to have seen like her conversations like casual or whatever with the other Davis because I feel like she like would just Like at the water cooler? Zero time for their shit. Like she would, they would just be like goofing off like you know shooting eating cds or whatever and and then she would just be like i why am i here why why do i have to come to these why 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 are the why are the like parties mandatory or whatever like i, I don't want to be here uh, i just want to go home and listen to swans like I, i'm not i'm not not interested in this so <laughs> yeah like she she clocks out at 5 p.m every day like she She's like like the most like yes, upset one at like the the morning stand up each each week. Yeah. She's like, oh, like I know what I have to stand by the South Gate. Like you don't need to bring me to the stand up meeting like every week. Like I already know what I'm supposed to do. Like, <laughs> like yeah. she's just there for the paycheck. Yeah, and then bounced pretty much the first excuse she had. There was one line in the sub that that kind of um, caught me off guard and slash confused me. Um, and it's the the ultimatum that Susie uses to to get Johnny to take her to the park. Oh, it's like, like the, the the threat she uses is take me to the park. Otherwise, I'll tell mom that you've been reading newspapers in the toilet again. And that's like, is that a bad thing? That's the <laughs> like, funniest thing. Why? I love his face too. Like he like realized <laughs> like I have just raised a monster. Like this child is way too diabolical. I'm just confused about like what kind of house you grew up in where that was like a bad thing. Like when I was younger, my mom would keep a little basket full of magazines in the bathroom just to give people reading material. Like why? I don't understand I mean, why that's that, a bad thing. 
maybe it's because like the ink like rubs off easier on on like from the newspaper and like you don't so, want like that like ink like smudged on your nice toilet <laughs> your i think that, nice toilet is a bit of an oxymoron but all right that's the sub that, maybe sorry, you're saying that's the sub that had that line not not the dub well, yeah the, dub. Sub, the sub has the line what was the um, dub line no no the dub is just that like i'll tell mom that you you've been getting ink stains in the bathroom or something like that Oh. Okay, so they, I didn't even make a connection there. I guess that would be like that is technically the same threat, just phrased in a very different way. Yeah, kind of like like you didn't need to change this type of way, but I, I guess in the context of of two thousand one, um, like yeah, those that crap quality uh, paper and ink would probably smudge off a lot more more easily around the yeah exactly around the house. You don't want to put uh, that lady up for more work. She's got like. Four kids, two of which like never appear. So who knows what's going on with them? Two kids got like spirited away. Like that lady's probably going through. Like she's just vacuuming. Yeah, yeah. Hemi's Hemi's. I, I guess at some point you need to like you can't show literally all the parents doing all the things. But like I feel like I I, I do kind of wish we learned a bit more about Hemi's family that wasn't just Janu. I get why. Yeah. yeah, it's also cool that we do spend a lot a lot of time with Janu, but like, um. Yeah, I don't know. It feels it feels like we see some of his family. Like he's got this one. He's got like a sister or something. We see at one point. He's got not, a sister not, and not, a not brother. Susie, I want to um, say, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like him, um, Susie, so a sister and they? a brother. They're hanging. This, they're chilling. There's a lot of material there to do a sequel to Digimon Tamers. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> um, I want to. I want to see like, like, just like the like the Family Matters type sitcom of like the Wong <laughs> family, and then like Terrier Mon and Lotmon. You're gonna get fucking one division Digimon version or whatever. <laughs> like, just, oh, let's, end up with let's like do that. that. Oh, um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I didn't but mind. like, good. Like, not like a really bad last three episodes. Yeah, those weren't great. Um, in the end, anyway. Um, I'm just checking for my notes, but I think I've got. I think I've. I think I've burnt out. Or I honestly didn't take that many notes for this episode because I was trying to just keep up with it. Like it wasn't that like, particularly it was a lot. hard to like process. But like when I was just trying to like take notes or every time, it felt like a bit difficult to like fully process. And there were a lot of like the whole sequence where Susie lands in the digital world and then meets the Telemon and they're like, you know, she's galloping through the through the um, clouds and all that, like. That whole sequence just felt like something that was meant to be watched unbroken, kind of. Whereas Digimon could often be a show that feels like it's just, you know, hopping from moment to moment to moment to moment. If that if that makes any sense at all, it just felt like a it felt like a mood, a bit of a bit of like a mood piece, as it were. Um, and something that the I feel like the dub didn't really mess with too much. I mean, obviously, like Susie has that voice, and that's not a great decision. But, um, and I feel like one they probably wouldn't have done, to be fair, if they knew that this episode was coming up. But, um, but yeah, the um, the, the, the mood here was kind no, of no, it's cool. Digimon. They, they would have done like... it anyways. Like we all, we all know it. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, I feel like they would have they would have thought about it quite quite uh, quite a lot. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, this episode has some cool vibes to it and yeah that's kind of what i like because i know that things are gonna get depressing really soon so i don't want i, yeah, want the good like, vibes I think they, they really can. need like this like fun episode because like everything's gonna suck for like the next like yeah i want to say like at least like three to four episodes so like yeah. i need this palate cleanser of like but like my Susie like making friends with like a giant bunny 
my notes for this episode were literally three things. Oh boy, lots of hero, hero kid. Uh, Kiwimon didn't laugh, 0 out of 10. And uh, he looks a lot like this. Flops, which is what you were referring to. <laughs> That's, like, I love I love that yeah. moment so much. It's great. I also I also love when Antilamon like mimics like the Hawo kid. She's like, "Don't get carried away." And I'm like, "Oh, I love them so much. They're the best already." <laughs> That's fun. See, but... even even Antilamon thinks the accent's stupid. <laughs> no, yeah, she's, she, she, she just be, becoming. She's bonding with her future tamer. No, she's mocking her. She's not. Well, both. She loves. She's... Susie like literally just becomes like to to Antilamon. Susie is the bunny that she needs to protect. Yeah, I can't well, believe like, like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna take care of you forever. You're my new favorite bunny. I've got my own bunny now. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like t- it's funny because Terriamon was like, actually, no, I kind of liked that. <laughs> you know, at the beginning. And then, of the like, episode. when he sees it, he's like, oh, never mind. I'm, I'm glad I'm out. It sucks for no. you. <laughs> yep. But that's the episode some... literally ends with um. With Susie hugging Lotmon and then falling over and squishing her, and it's like, okay, like that's the perfect <laughs> palate cleanser before we reach like sheer depression. Yeah, yeah. Well, only one tamer left to get their Digimon. Then I guess uh, with Kenta, yeah. which I guess we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, the damn wiener kid. Yeah, he sucks. He shouldn't get a Digimon. Um, <laughs> yeah, like one. what's he even doing here anymore? Like, bro, yeah, like we, don't, we don't care. His parents were right to worry about him. He's a wiener. <laughs> He would yeah. just survive 10 minutes in there without anyone else. He's literally like Millhouse, but like times 10. Like he, <laughs> he, he doesn't, he has... His parents are like the Millhouse parents. He's the point, yeah, I would, he's the I point would Dexter. Say, <laughs> I would say he's anime Millhouse, but there's already a different character in a different show that's li- literally just okay. anime Millhouse. So. Well, Have we seen this character yet? No, he's not in Digimon. He's, he's, oh. I can't remember where he's from. He's from some sports anime, but he literally has blue hair and red-rimmed glasses. And that's like, no, that's just Millhouse. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's great I love this um, episode I don't care what we can ad- agree or disagree on the Susie Hello Kid voice I think I I'm on the disagree say. side I, yeah Susie I wasn't the, sure the, really I, 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 the could, voice. I couldn't tell <laughs> <laughs> the voice sucks yeah see you're outnumbered I'm voice. sorry democracy yeah. The, the, uh, I'm creating my own uh, city-state where we speak in Hello Kid voices. Good luck. Yeah. The economy will collapse in days. <laughs> it's, it's not going to work out for you, We'll be too busy having fun talking in Hello Kid voices, you're right. Listen, a Hello economy is not sustainable. Yeah. Society has to pass the need for Hello Kid voices. As we know. Not like this. And I think we have surpassed the amount of... Uh, the amount we can talk about this episode. <laughs> so, do you agree? I think we have. Any... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no, I have nothing more to say. Yeah, I have, right. I have nothing more to say either. Let's leave her woke kid voice in the dust. Uh, not that it's going to be the last we've heard of it by any means, but, you know. The last we'll hear of it this much, at least. I really think that the ideal, like, follow up to Tamers, uh, I mean, what we got was pretty goddamn awful. Or what we've got so far is pretty goddamn awful. But. I feel like even if it was just sort of like Susie would be like the perfect character to use to like follow up Tamers if they did, if they did like a sequel that was set like contemporary times. That's today. right. You're 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 completely right. She's like six years old in the original one, so it's like she'd be in her like twenties now or something, or like early like. She'd no, in, just in be like... 2018, she would be like. 
She'd like, be like yeah, 26. She'd be like 21. But no, she'd be like 26, 27. No, twenty in twenty eighteen she was six in two thousand three. Oh, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about now, twenty twenty one. Oh, like now, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the um, perfect so time. Like, I we deserve the Susie Wong sequel. She has a she has a fairly iconic Digimon in Lotmon. Yeah. So yeah, you know, there's there's a lot there's stuff you can do there. I feel like though I always thought if they were gonna do a sequel, that would make a lot more sense. Uh, obviously, what they did was just fucking baffling. But uh, <laughs> um, the um, you know, even just focusing on Takato again or whatever, yeah, that does, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, see, you know even, what you do su- for the sequel about Susie uh, Wong as an adult? You cast Michelle Ruff as Susie Wong, but like, do you like a different voice from Attila Mom? But then it's like, oh, it's the callback because like that's her partner. Well, but hire me, she, hire me, Toei. Who voices Lotmon? Is it just Mona Marshall again? It's Michelle Ruff. It's Michelle Ruff picture girl voice up, yeah. Oh, yeah, so you just do like a, you just do a different voice for Susie, like but with Michelle Ruff, and it's like you got that. It's like poetry. Um, it goes it goes forwards and backwards. They'd get um. They rhyme. Chris, you know who's 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 a who's a voice actress in anime like whoever um. Kira Buckland. Or Are someone. we fan oh. casting adult Susie? That'd be really funny. I'd be like a very, a very stark change, <laughs> like <laughs> the person who voiced to be, the voice former Herokid, uh, for, recovering former Herokid. She, Kara Buckman also voiced a former Herokid in Danganronpa, so okay. I, I, I can see it. Okay, that's that's actually perfect casting. Then. So it's perfect. Ward on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop theorizing about Team's sequel now because. Yeah, you're all I'm good. Just gonna get, I'm gonna get upset. No, the thing uh, is, Tom, you're you're completely right, and that's actually like what I would want. Is I want like just grown up Susie, just hanging out with Lotmon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. I want to see like Lotmon, like no, like Susie and Antilamon hanging out on a couch, but like Susie's like normal, but like you don't see all of Antilamon in frame because she's so big. <laughs> You just see like like part, like most of her legs and then like up to her shoulders. She's got like, like I'm getting I'm getting that shot got, like really she, clear in my head for some reason. She's got like the crotchety landlord who's like no pets in the apartment and Telemon has to like put a lampshade on her head when when he comes in to check the apartment. <laughs> um, and it's like wah, wah, when she like sneezes or whatever, you know. I don't know why this is suddenly a sitcom, but there we go. That's that's again. I'm still I'm still here yeah. for it. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty into it too. The why <laughs> coming soon to AO3 is my my what if Digimon Tenuous had a sequel that was a like '90s sitcom. <laughs> Look, I'm okay, I'm, to I'm gonna write this. To you this. you to tell me this. the ideas and I'll and I'll put it into words. And this will be the first <laughs> Novacast sponsored like branded uh, fan fiction. This is just that uh, fucking um, whose line is it anyway bit where they're like. <laughs> Um, Bill Cosby and and not Hitler. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've seen that sketch, but go, go look it up. And it's and like, yeah. Oh anyway, God. I'm gonna find that sketch and I'm gonna post it in here because it's like it's like the most hilarious okay. thing that that show ever did because it was just it was like they want they wanted to pick two people to like be roommates together and like they do sketches they do like improv about that and two people in the audience said like Bill Cosby and Hitler. And then the, the production staff were like, "You can't that, do Hitler." That, 
doesn't age well, especially now. No, it does not. But they, they were like, you can't do Hitler. Like, and they were like, and, and Drew Carey just spent the rest of the show being incredibly pissed off that they couldn't make fun of Hitler. Um, which, <laughs> and then, like, yeah, it's just really, it's really fucking funny. Anyway, I'm going to find that. But yeah, um, sitcoms, they're funny. It's, a, yeah, they Tina are. Mom, pretty good. Digimon, pretty, pretty good. Scrafty, uh, if people want to send in any rear mail, um, maybe about this this sitcom of Susie as an adult and Antilamon chilling. <laughs> where could they send that to? They can send those into our email at diginovacast.com. That's D-I-G-I Novacast at gmail.com. Or you can send them out to our Twitter, either via at or DM, which are always open. Uh, at Diginovacast. That's just at D-I-G-I Novacast, just like the email. Uh, we always love hearing about your stuff. If you're lucky, you might even get your questions spun off into a whole episode like we've done a couple, a couple times before. And honestly, if it's about Digimon sitcoms, like, I can guarantee that will be a bonus episode. <laughs> I could talk yes. for three hours on that easy. Like, even by myself, I could talk on that for three hours. Tentamon has to be in that. No, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Um, he's, yeah. he's like the wacky neighbor that, like, no one really likes. Yeah, he's like the... He's like the... Um, I feel like I'm getting this is getting away from me because now I'm thinking of it as like a college like college like sex comedy or whatever where like the he's like the one nerd that gets the nosebleed whenever he sees a pair of boobs or whatever and then like um what am I doing <laughs> where, where am I going with this um, but you know what I mean right like, are you, like, like I'm, I'm getting tropes. like a vibe of like scratchy voice teen from Simpsons yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like he's the he's the TV. Look, this is one on TV trips. Just go to I don't know. Just just go look it up. Um, okay. But yes, that's that's exactly that's exactly who Tentamon would be. One hundred percent. Okay. So and with that, Scrafty, what have you been up to for the past uh, few weeks that we haven't been uh, around? Uh, if you want to keep up with my uh, escapades, you can follow me at Scrafty Devil on Twitter. Uh, the thing I've been most up to lately has been uh, playing more Neo The World Ends With You. Um, I Yay. am about halfway through the third week now, and Ooh. the game is really turning around. Because I will, I will fully admit, week two kind of started to lose me at one point. Like, it, it feels like they were very beholden to the three-week structure of the original game, but the difference is, in the original game, there's because of the way that the, the three-week structure is formatted with, like, you know, every week has a different, you know, uh, mini-plot with different characters and different antagonists. So it has to be briskly paced by nature because you need to cram all of this into one week. Um, and because of that, every single day in the original game feels important. Like, it feels like there's important revelations um, every single day you play. Whereas week two in this one, um, some of them felt very formulaic. Like, you would, you know... Get up, you'd start your, um, you know, your mission, uh, kill a big noise, uh, wonder why, you know, so-and-so has or hasn't happened, um, mull about, you know, what you're going to do in the future, and then you go to bed and you wake up the next day and you do it all again. And I think the best example of, of how week two is a bit padded is it has um, two different scramble slam missions, <laughs> which are like, yeah. you know, by, by default, just we're going to pad the hell out of this. And both of them also have that annoying wrinkle of, 
right when you think you're done. Oops, the enemy team captured some more land behind your back, so now you got to go all the way back to where they were and recapture it. Um, so it does both that, and in the interest of keeping spoilers to a minimum, there are three different days that week that utilize Rindo's uh, special ability, and maybe this is a hot take, but I think that ability is seldom used in a very interesting way in the second week. It's used really well in the first week, and so far the third week has had my two favorite uses of it so far, but in week two it just feels like padding, like it just feels like it's being used to to extend the the, the runtime artificially. Um, but yeah, like it, I'm very happy to say that so far, I'm only three days into week three so far, but it's been incredible. Like all three days have felt really important and weighty, um, which is a far cry from, from two, which I think only three of the seven days are actually like super plot critical. And, uh, yeah, like I, I still am loving the game. You ain't seen nothing yet. I got to tell you. That's, what I, that's what I keep being told. Everyone keeps telling me that it gets even better from here. So I'm very excited because even... Even when the game was losing me a bit, I still loved it. Like I, st- I still kept pressing on for the characters and and their unique personalities alone. Um, so I'm I'm very very excited to see how um, week three is going to continue to top itself because already only three days in, like there's been really cool twists and and wrinkles in the the formula across the board. So fingers crossed, it'll keep getting better and better. Um, and you know, I end up with a Opinion so good that it doesn't even matter that week two is a bit mad. Other than that, I've basically just been continuing to play uh, Melty Blood and uh, Pokemon Unite occasionally. I don't, like, you know. Who are, who are you maining in Melty Blood? Uh, right now, I'm between Koma, who's the the dude whose hair is like mine, <laughs> where those bangs are over his eye, um, and I've been looking into um, Red uh, Arcruid as well, or or Wark, <laughs> as the, the the player base calls her. Okay. Um, I think she's cool. She's got, like, really strong fireballs and, um, a really powerful command grab, and I like her animations a lot. Like, she kind of slashes you with her claws and can, like, swipe so hard that it kicks up a whirlwind. It just, she feels fun to play. Um, I like Koma just because he's a grappler, and I always love grapplers in fighting games. Uh, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't put a whole lot of time into it because of how busy I've been. Sorry, go ahead. I'm confused about multi-blood, right? Is it... Are these like original characters, or are they all pulled from like no, it, Fate games or whatever? So, um, I know Saber's in it. Yeah, you might, you might be familiar with a company Type Moon. They're the the company that makes um, visual novels like the Fate series, like Fate yeah. Stay Night and Fate uh, Extra and whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah so th- this is another. They produce another visual novel called Sukihime. Which is about like vampires and you know warriors who hunt them in the night and whatever. Uh, and Melty Blood is a fighting game that is based on the cast of the Tsukihime visual novel. Oh, okay. I didn't know about that part. That's huh, that's cool. Yeah. Which is like which is why I find the the like the the complaints about how oh multi Melty Blood characters don't look as flashy. It's like yeah, because they're not fighting game characters. <laughs> like they were designed to be <laughs> visual novel characters first, which usually are pretty you know easy on the eyes because you've got to spend 30 or 40 hours with them um, but I feel like I, I, don't, feel I like, don't I feel like Multiplood is a is like a relatively for what it is a relatively not well known like fighting game series of sorts yeah like even if you've only heard of it because of the memes the, the competitive community has has endured yeah for, for years and years despite the relative lack of official support from it yeah 
Which is pretty much why so this game exists, right? Because of the... Yeah, like, I, I will fully admit I am coming into this from the perspective of someone who never even once touched Tsukihime or the old Multiplot games. I just watched, like, you know, yeah. at Evo or tournaments or whatever. Um, but I'd never actually played them before. So this is my first Multiplot game actually, like, you know, hands-on with it. And I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's, it feels fun and intuitive, but still, like... I can see why this this series is considered difficult from an execution standpoint because you you really do have to have accurate combos and you can't miss press or miss time even a single button otherwise your combo falls apart. Sounds like he- my my personal hell. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, gonna... like, it's funny that they added things like auto combos and smash style simple moves where you just press a bu- uh, like a directional button and um, a certain like super move button. Um, but both of those kind of make the game more difficult at a high level because the auto combos activate when you don't want them to because you accidentally double tapped a button at some point. And um, the easy specials, even though they're strong, drain in a really important resource that you need to keep at, stocked at least 50% just in case you get in a sticky situation. Ooh. So it's interesting the way they balanced it where like these accessibility options are available, but they actively make life more difficult for experienced players just by existing. That's funny. Yeah, but you know, I don't. I'm not one of the people who complains about either of those. I think they're both cool additions. I hope that more people can get into the game um, based on that. I think the guest character in the game, which is Saber from the the Fate series, is actively drawing in more people because I have fought at least four people online with variations of Saber is my waifu, who I don't <laughs> think are are came for anything other than her. <laughs> so, well, emphasis on came. Um. Anyway, so. Oh the... my god. <laughs> Aww. Now the oh, podcast okay, that, is cancelled. Okay, that was good. That was that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. We take that out, but I had to go there. Um, no, no I mean, it's, I it's very good, but I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> no, because you're it out. right. Take it out. And we know no, no, you're right. that's, that's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> I keep everything in just the belt. Yeah, um, I know. Play I, noises. I'm familiar with the whole saber thing, but like, I understand that those fake games have like a billion different variations of that character. In like you know their gacha rosters and so on, so um, surprised yeah. surprise she hasn't somehow ended up in Smash Brothers in some format yet. So um, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, the yeah that whole thing always like the what's multi blood, what's unite. Is this anything to do with like Undernight in birth as well? Is that like um, it's the same developers? So French Bread, yeah, yeah. Um, Undernight is what French Bread made during the period when the Tsukihime franchise was dormant. Because ah. there was like a ten-year stretch between like 2004 and like 2015 or so when uh, no Tsukihime stuff was like you know coming out new as far as I'm aware. I could be way off base for this, but this is just based on what knowledge I've absorbed through Osmosis. Yeah. And because they still wanted to make you know their own original flashy fighting game, they made the Undernight series, which is it shares a lot of the same gameplay mechanics as as Melty Blood, and even has. Because French Bread, the developers, created an original character for Multiplayer that wasn't in the Tsukihime visual novels, so they just ported her to uh, Undernight as well. Ah, uh, right, yes. The Skullamania um, thing, basically. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, her name was, yeah, her name was Eltonum. She's she's their Skullamania. Um, so yeah, like, you, you, Undernight is basically the Multiplayer they make when they weren't when they weren't allowed to make Multiplayer, essentially. The, the, yeah, like when Ark made Blaze Blue because they didn't have the Guilty Gear license or whatever, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kind of thought that was a messed up period for them. Um, yeah. Anyway, fighting games. Um, I'm glad yeah, that the so anime it, fighters are going strong and people enjoy them and they're still getting made. Because it feels like they probably shouldn't, just in terms of like 
popularity and all the obviously all the memes about like multi bloods being played on like you know recovered re- recovered airplane TVs from 1986 or whatever. So the <laughs> you know there's uh, yeah it it just it, <laughs> it was a common it was a common things like poverty series or whatever right because <laughs> there was no like yeah. prize pools or anything but I guess they were probably popular in their own way. Yeah, I mean, like, they, their fan base was dedicated, and I think that's something that the the memes of that miss a lot. Like, they, there is, you know, it's haha funny, because these people, you know, were playing in a hotel bathroom and whatever, but, like, yeah. when you think about how actually dedicated that is, that these people were so dedicated oh, yeah. to carving out their own space that they didn't really care, you know, where they played as long as they were playing, that's it's, pretty impressive. Yeah, it's funny, and, like, it can be funny without being dismissive, like... You know. Yeah, I think too too often people people use it as dismissive. Unfortunately, yeah, like they go, they melting, like oh, the bathroom game. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't ever refer to it as the bathroom game, but I will be lying if I yeah. don't think of that kind of thing. Likewise, though, I also for some <laughs> reason I don't know every fighting game has, has its like memes and like weird stereotypes. Like I don't know, <laughs> like Smash players not showering. Smash, yeah, Smash players. Well, that's well, that's, that's, much... that's true though. Uh, yeah, and also like that's a pretty generous thing you can level up the Smash community at this point um, compared to some of the shit they've actually done. I loved when, when Sora got announced and there were like Smash fans complaining about it and there was, there was someone that's like Smash, plan- Smash fans complaining about Sora should simply clean their ass. <laughs> See, they <laughs> hate so him because the, the song is called Simple and Clean and that's something that no Smash player has ever heard or thought about ever. Got him, GG's. <laughs> Aside... Aside from, from that, yeah, I've been playing some more Pokemon Unite. Uh, Sylveon came out and was really fun for about two days, and they nerfed her into the ground, so she's a little bit less fun Ew. now. But That's transphobic. Like, I design. understand why they did it. She was, she was objectively busted. One of her basic skills did as much damage as a super does from other characters. Good for her. Um, so she was definitely overtuned, possibly unintentionally. Like They, they could have messed up a value in her, her code or something. But, um, yeah, they, they nerfed her, her damage quite a bit, and she's still really fun to play, but I think they kind of went a little bit overboard, because I think probably a 15 to, to 20% damage cut would have been good, but they, they gave her a 33% damage cut. So, against certain enemies, she struggles really hard to land that kill now. I guess um, maybe they didn't want to... They didn't want to do it twice. <laughs> like they didn't want yeah. to like do it, yeah, I don't know. They want to play it safe. Or so I, I just hope that during during the next patch, which is uh, coming soon, is they're gonna give us Decidueye in the game as well. Ooh. Um allegedly. They're gonna you know pump her up a little bit more. Just like you know, bump her up by like five, ten percent. That's it. That's all they show. that's all that she needs to be like in a perfect place. Anyway, that's that's all for me. Um how about you, Tom? What have you been up to? Uh where can we find you if we want to follow along with your adventures? Yeah, um, I can follow me at uh, CordmanHot on Twitter. Um, that's where I post most of what I'm up to, uh, which includes I've been playing a fair few, a fair few games uh, since last time we recorded. Um, I finished up um, the Great Ace Attorney first one. I'm going to get to the second one, so I kind of don't want to give too much of my thoughts about it until I do that. I thought the first one game was pretty good. Um, it's definitely... It felt like a bit of a slow burn, and I think like the pacing in that game was dreadful, to be honest. But like the actual like characters and and the whole setting and and the music, of course, and and all that was uh, was very fun. So I'm I'm excited to play more of it, especially because jumping into people seeing people jump into like Great City Attorney Two, 
um, is uh, I, I usually see nothing but positive reaction to that. So I'm excited to do that. Uh, but I think with visual novels, um, if you can call it attorney games that, I think you can. Um, then I think I need a bit of a break between them at times because it can be a lot just like reading that much text in that way. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, so that's that was good. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not done with it by any stretch of the imagination. So I will return to that at some point. Um, the uh, Metroid. Holy crap, a new Metroid game came out. Uh, so I've been playing Metroid Dread. And by playing, I mean I basically like binged it over two days. Hey, it only took fifteen years to come out, and uh, you know why? Why not take my time with it? You know, um, and it <laughs> was just like fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's a really, really, really fucking good game. Um, I think they did a great job capturing the like. I, I think it's funny, like for considering the name of the title, the name of the game is in the name of like the genre essentially you know brought onto the world like metroid games aren't actually that metroidvania but like once you get past like super metroid and i'm only talking about the 2d games here like fusion is a lot more linear this is kind of like a a, a bit like between fusion and super where it it has like a critical path i feel that you can follow and it's hard to like fall off that too much, really. But it does give you the option to like go exploring in different areas and go backtrack and whatever. And it doesn't really like there are there are sequence breaks you can do in this game. I think they're a bit out of the way and they require a bit of like you know skill or whatever. But I guess that makes sense from like someone coming to it for the first time wouldn't have too much trouble in terms of just progressing through the game. They, well, they would have trouble because the game's hard as balls. But the it's it's like so. It can be really punishing. Sometimes in some annoying ways, like, the whole gimmick of this game is that, like, there are certain sequences or other certain areas of each, like, the the, the game is split into, like, six or so different areas. Um, and in, in a portion of each of those areas, there's a section called the Emmy Zone, the E-M-M-I. And the, MI, the Emmy is uh, basically a robot that is nigh on invincible and can track you down and kill you in, like, one shot. So it's like the Resident Evil thing. And those things can be really fun. Um, except for when they're not. <laughs> like sometimes they can just be kind of annoying. Um, and the whole... I wouldn't really say they're... They're only scary when like they're chasing you down for like an extended period of time. And like you're basically like running around them and getting like an inch away from them. Because they can really keep up with you. And, and, they, and they do give them some like powers and routes through the level which you don't have access to um and that can be really frightening uh but when they just like when you just like jump down a long a long shaft and having to land on top of one of them yeah that fucking sucks so whatever anyway it's a concept that they came up with like a long long time ago and game dev has progressed since then um you know you have seen concepts like this a million times at this point from like Alien and Alien Isolation to like you know the Mr. X in a Resi 2 re- remake you know this concept's uh, pretty old at this point so uh, they do a decent job of it but yeah um, everything besides that is great uh, Samus controls like a dream uh, the boss fights are fantastic the difficulty is just right I think it's pretty hard like I say but it's just right I think really overall the story is pretty batshit um, in some fun ways 
Um, and I think they do a good job of doing what they said they'd do with the story in terms of it being like somewhat conclusive about who Samus's whole deal. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I would say definitely go check it out. Um, I can't believe people are arguing about whether it's worth $60 or not. It's like, well, you know, if you like good games, then it's worth that much. And, you know, you're going to pay certain... You're going to pay different prices for different games. You know, that's just the way shit works. Like, I would say this is worth spending $60 on. Uh, Skyward Sword HD would be an example of something where I don't think it's worth spending $60 on. Um, So, you know, it's... Different strokes for different folks and, and all that. But yeah, Metroid, great. Um, other than that, uh, sorry, just before, have you either of you two played that? Like, I, I think Sloan, you said you Which have. Which one? Metroid. I, I haven't played it through it yet. No. Um, yeah, I, great. I beat Red. Yeah, I, I, I haven't picked it up yet. Um, yeah. I'll definitely play it at some point because, like, Fusion and Zero Mission, I think, are my two favorite games in the entire Metroid franchise, including the Prime games. So I'm very very interested in another game in that vein yeah, yeah if you like fusion you'll love this because i think fusion is my favorite and it's who it was good it feels like a if you if it feels like a mishmash or, well not a mishmash but like it feels like it's occupying the space between fusion and super like there's a lot that it takes from super there's a lot that it takes from fusion and there's a lot that it does that's its own stuff uh, and of course samus returns as well there's a lot of you know continuation from that game um but yeah, I think I think you'll like it a lot. I I'm I'm super I'm super super excited to to give it a try. Um, sometime soon, like even someone like maybe this is a, a very minor spoiler. Apologies if so, but someone let me know that like the you don't get the morph ball right away, and just that idea really excites yeah. me. I had no yeah, idea about it's, that. It's, and it's, it's actually like, a, it, a pretty good while until you get the morph ball, and then a, a good while after that until we get the bombs. <laughs> It's, it's that's fairly see that's so cool. I I love that from like an established franchise. Like you you mix it up and you play with expectations. And like it makes sense because they give Samus like a cool slide and stuff. So it's like you don't really need it the same way you needed it in like Metroid One, for example. So it makes sense that they can just leave you without it for a, a while. But but the, even then, I think they keep it from you a bit longer than you'd expect. So it's really cool. Um, I, I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, God, I'm just so glad that this series is like fairly consistently getting released again like i know it's only been two entries two entries really in like four years but yeah yeah samus has returned um other than that um not a great deal of it um not not a great deal more to be honest um i've been playing little bits here and there like um i'll probably get back into i'll probably start playing animal crossing again but now that the update's on the way because I think it's... Oh, yeah, that's... Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that update seems really cool. But, yeah, other than that, it's like... um, Yeah, just trucking along, you know? Guess I'll wait for Shin Megami Tensei to come out. Oh, I think that's the next big game, so... Sloan, where can we find you, and what have you been doing? You can find me at Sloan Reset. Uh, I haven't been up to much. I played and beat Metroid. That game is fantastic. Um, I think the ending to that game is absolutely wild in, like, the best way. Like, this feels kind of like, and I'm going to sound weird saying this, it feels like if someone took the essence of the Fast and Furious, like, the later Fast and Furious movies, and put it into (laughs) Metroid, that's what it feels like. Tom, you probably, have you seen Fast and Furious movies? 
Yes, many. You you but, there are probably going to be like some moments that you sort of like understand like what I'm talking about with it, but and 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 I mean of. this in the most sincere, the best way, like because I love those movies because I'm a freak, but. Yeah, it's oh, it's really good. I'm I'm real happy. I'm not so happy about some of the stuff that's come out about Mercury Steam's uh, working conditions yeah. and their crediting That'd process. Be... Not so great, yeah. but credit developers, please. Um, I I kind of expected half of that because Mercury Steam have been in the there's been there was some shit before like about them kind of not having the best like working oh. like managerial conditions. Back when like Laws of Castlevania, Laws of Shadow Two or whatever came out, um, oh, but um, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, well, I... I mean, sorry, it, it's not. It is what it is. It should improve and hopefully will. But yeah, there needs to be like momentum to make that happen, and hopefully Nintendo can do that sort of thing. But I bet yeah, they're just I as guilty. This all coming to life in a very public way uh, puts some extra pressure on, on both Mercury Steam and Nintendo to make sure this stuff doesn't happen again. I'm sure Nintendo yeah. will be very pissed off about this sort of press. Um, maybe not as pissed off as they have been about other press around Metroid Dread lately. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that conversation. Um, but the like the whole thing here is that like, hey, they've got a major release in one of their big franchises, and it's critically acclaimed. Oh, and there's also this shit going on. Like, they can't be happy. So hopefully, yeah. at least, if only because they get angry about bad press. Hopefully, that would be enough reason to like nip this in the board but i bet nintendo do this shit all the time to be honest yeah i mean they for what's worth they made a great game and i honestly hope that they get a chance to work on more stuff in the future because they clearly show that oh, they, they have will. the care and love for metroid but yeah just uh someone make sure that their management uh gets their act together and their workers are treated fairly yeah other than that um i've played a little bit more i haven't been doing much honestly i played a little bit more hades and uh I guess really all that's left is uh, I've been taking an online uh, C-sharp programming course, which is pretty fun. Uh, it shows me just how like out of practice I am from learning, because like th- sometimes like the most basic thing, I feel like my brain is just like struggling so hard. Like it is like a dying car, like trying to start up. And then, like I just get like a little bit and I'm like, oh yeah, like, oh, I'm a genius. And then I get that same feeling of struggling. You're starting to... You're trying to uh, start up your struggling car. It's like almost dead, and it's like you get the like the engine doesn't start up right, and you have to keep doing it. But eventually, you get it. Learning's hard after you haven't when you haven't done it for a while. Yeah, but that's impressive, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully, that, hopefully that you know continues to go well, and you can finally put out that game Thank you've you. been talking about for, <laughs> oh, for a long time. Oh, I'm working on it. I'm 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 literally actually no, I'm working just, on it now. You you so, take you take I mean, your time. Soon enough, like. God knows I can't do it, so um, I wouldn't be able uh, to do it. Please be excited. <laughs> there we go. That's a meme. Yes. That was a yeah. meme. Yeah, there we go. That's a meme. Twenty like twenty fourteen, something like that. Uh, was that Square Enix? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> anyway. Uh, other than that, yeah, I not much. Uh, also, I played a little bit more of Hades. Uh, Hades is still fun. Like that's like a nice thing to just sort of. You know, going to play, like, two two runs and then, like, give some, like, nectar to everybody and then sort of, like, peace out for a while. Yeah. I still like that game. Yeah. I did hit credits on it. And, um, but yeah, and I still need to get to uh, finishing the Outer Wilds uh, DLC. Hopefully I can get to that this weekend because I just, I, I need to, I, I've heard a lot of good things about, like, this, this, like, sort of, like, I guess, back half of it. So I need to get to it, actually. So hopefully soon. 
that's it for me. Uh, really not so much, but, um, so next week we are going to cover 30, episodes 34 through 36. Uh, these are going to be some very big episodes. Um, I, I would say arguably the biggest in the series, or at least, like, in terms of, like, events that happen, I think these are, like, the biggest or most memorable, for better or worse. Yeah. These are... Yeah. I'm really excited. I think, I think these are gonna be great episodes, like... I feel like I've been waiting to cover these ever since we started this podcast. Yeah, I don't know, no, I, don't like I mean, same too. here. It's it's sort of like waiting to cover like the Od- the Odaiba arc and then this, and it's like okay, like hey, once we finish these episodes, okay, we're good. We successfully <laughs> did it. Yeah, we can we can quit. <laughs> um, no, of course we won't. But yeah, we will never quit. Gonna be a bit bittersweet, I think. Like, we've still got a lot of tamers left to cover, but yeah. These, yeah, these we do, episodes. which I these think is a episodes. testament for how good this series has been when, like, arguably, yes. like, the biggest set of episodes is coming now. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh, that's our show, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone.